0: step right up it's nailed a halo by halo journey through the music of nine inch nails my name is blake
1: my name is jessica
0: and we're here to do some
1: we're here to do some hurting
0: we're here to make you hurt mm. and we're finally wrapping up well we're doing the final side of the downward spiral the last mm-hmm. three songs
1: yeah we are gonna have a, a final wrap up and we'll have a special guest for yeah. that episode that we'll talk about at the end of this episode
0: okay. well, you have to wait to re- reveal it
1: i mean they can probably guess well
0: they may it's not it's oscar What if oscar
1: it was... is going to guess
0: if it was fucking trent Reznor?
1: <laughs> i mean that'd be cool but it's it's
0: so a more than two month journey <laughs> is still we're still in it we thought this was going to be one episode
1: we're in this together now fam
0: No, that's next album
1: Obviously, I'm not I gonna know let this.
0: I'm not gonna let you make me do six months on the fragile, by the way. Were you thinking of doing that? Maybe. Or, oh, god, whatever. Well, you know, eventually we'll run out of halos, so
1: gotta stretch it out.
0: That's what no, I'm no, but I'm just thinking
1: there's a lot of um, the downward spiral is like m- probably one of my favorite nine inch nails, and one of your favorites is the fragile. Yes, not that the downward spiral is not, <laughs> yeah, the downward my favorite, spiral but... and
0: fragile are kind of neck and neck.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably for a lot of people, they're different.
0: Yeah, they're they're very different, as we'll get to. But we're not here to talk about the fragile that that doesn't exist to us yet.
1: This is a world where the fragile does not exist.
0: That's that's correct.
1: It's a world where you're wearing duncos to Jinkos? No, G-
0: you're not wearing Ginkos in
1: 1994. Oh, uh, I guess not. That's but probably more like a 96. Yeah,
0: 96 and. Uh, okay. So we. It's, it's a
1: world where you're.
0: In a world where. Or you're uh, driving
1: a Dodge Neon. You're watching must-see TV to see The Friends. That's
0: your right. <laughs> The Friends. The Friends, she says.
1: <laughs> I didn't know Friends was on in she 94. It might show. have premiered in 95. Mm. I can't oh, remember. Really? Okay. I, don't, I can't remember. Like, I really can't. I could look it up real quick. But... It
0: was one of those years. Anyway, yeah. last time we we just came mm-hmm. off of Eraser. That was what we ended it with last time. To remind you of what kind of mood we were in. We were in the darkest, maybe the darkest mood you could get. Eraser.
1: I mean, we'll see if anything can top that.
0: Trent Reznor was screaming, kill me. And I should probably just say, this may be the darkest episode in terms of suicide stuff. So that's your warning at the top of the podcast. You probably know, because if you're listening, you're probably already a fan, but you may not know. So just in case. Anyway, Jess.
1: Well, I guess we're going to start with reptile. Right. Track twelve on the downward spiral,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the longest track on the album, almost seven minutes long. Right? Yeah.
0: So you know what's weird? Uh, I could talk about the length of this thing, but I always kind of just thought closer. I, I assumed closer was the longest one because it's this long form dance song with all these different parts. But no, it's 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 a reptile. Yeah. By by a little bit, almost seven. Yeah.
1: It's. One of my favorites, maybe, on The Downward Spiral, Mm -hmm. which is maybe weird to think about because it's not really a positive uh, light that the narrator is shedding, maybe, on a a figure in his life. A woman. (laughs) Possibly, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, where do you want to go? Do you just want to start with uh, the basic credits, production, Reznor, mixing engineer, Mulder...
0: Well, just let me say this, and then you can do the credit part. Oh, I Sorry.
1: did. I just did the credit part. That's okay. it. Okay.
0: <laughs> pretty. Yeah. It's yeah. it stays pretty simple on this album. Um, I never disliked it. I I always liked it fine. It was never one of my favorites on the album, but now just recently, really getting into it, listening mm-hmm. to it, isolating different parts, I think it maybe is one of the best.
1: Mm-hmm. Here's why I always liked it when I was younger, and still like it today. Like I feel like this song. Really, really, really sets, I don't want to say a mood. It really provides this atmosphere. There's that strange robotic sound that Mm -hmm. I always likened to a Terminator, like, and I'm talking about Terminator when it's in Terminator form, and you can hear it moving when it's and it's just like in the
0: ro- X, the Robo skeleton. That's right. Part.
1: It it reminds me, and you'll probably know what sound I'm talking about whenever you hear it, or you can hear it right now in your mind because it's just like burned in there. But it always made me think of that, and yeah, uh, it's probably not that, but I like to think it is because at that point, like at this point in the album, right, like the narrator narrator is completely almost devoid of like any humanity, like any trace of it. And when the Terminator yeah. makes that sound, like their humanity disguise has like fallen off. Yeah,
0: it's when the Arnold face has fallen off mm-hmm. and we just see the robot underneath.
1: Exactly. Hang on. It's probably, it's most definitely probably not that sound, but I will uh, always say it is.
0: Yeah, in the Ixie the video about Reptile, she plays a scene from Aliens with the... Uh...
1: Sorry, Oscar's very chatty tonight. I'll try to pet him and keep him calm
0: with uh, ripley using the loader mm-hmm. which is a forklift with legs are you gonna play that um
1: or do you want to wait until we get to the actual song deconstruction? yeah i
0: don't know that i have that i have to play it, it it's just it's servo motor sound so it's mm-hmm. it imagine a forklift going you know forklift raising up like mm-hmm. but even more so because yeah. it's like the loader's arms And those are the kinds of sounds you hear in this. So I don't know that it was directly taken from that, but it's just something similar.
1: And then another thing I've always liked about this song is the ending, where you have Trent finishing up the chorus, correct? And then you have a Trent in the background that is screaming. Uh Uh-huh. And a muff- it's muffled screaming, right? It's an effect yeah. or we're I have, gonna have-
0: I have my theory. Blake
1: has a theory and we're gonna test it tonight.
0: I talked about it in the becoming and maybe it's back.
1: It might be back. So uh we're gonna do a fun test on that to see if maybe it's probably correct, honestly. Uh but I always liked <laughs> that bit with the muffled screams, um in the in the ending of the song. I don't know why. It's always been one of my uh, favorite things. It's
0: become I've I like it more now, especially after like uh, hearing it more isolated in the surround tracks.
1: Okay.
0: I'm, I'm definitely into it.
1: All right. All right, I'm just going to dive into what Reznor has said about this song. Mm-hmm. And he said to Access Magazine in 1994, I think it's fairly grueling, but that's what I like about it. It's an ugly little track.
0: <laughs> it is grueling. That's, that's what makes it so long. It doesn't have all these different parts. It's not mm-hmm. an epic multi-movement song. It's very, very slow.
1: It's 64 BPM.
0: Yeah, so the slowest on the album, I guess. And just it's just verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, solo-ish section, and then a third chorus, and that's it. But also, at the beginning, there's like a full minute of just some background noise. Mm -hmm. But just all that played so slow takes up seven damn minutes.
1: Yeah. I read somewhere... That Reznor allegedly wanted to release this as a single on the Downward Spiral. It never happened, but in 2021, mm-hmm. if you remember, there was I remember a joke post <laughs> on the Nine Inch Nails website, which was discovered ca-singles of the reptile single. They
0: found it in a warehouse.
1: With, I think, Just Do It on the B-side.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was maybe, that was a dark material for a joke, but sure.
1: <laughs> so...
0: Yeah, that was with the closure uh, laser disc that yes. they never actually had for sale.
1: Yes. So, uh Blake, do you know what this song is about?
0: Uh, that's a good question. Or
1: maybe who might have oh. inspired the song as is in it? a fictional character?
0: Okay, I know where you're what you're getting at. He was a fan of Twin Peaks. And I don't know the details, but I've heard rumors that it's about Laura Palmer. The fictional character murdered at the beginning of Twin Peaks.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Laura Palmer, so complicated, loved cocaine, but also worked for, you know, Meals on Wheels.
0: She w- had a heart of gold, mm-hmm. but she was, you know, messing around on mm-hmm. her BF.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, I mean, that other guy was really cool, to be fair. <laughs> Who was the guy she was messing up?
1: I, I can't remember. They
0: were both, like, leather jacketed.
1: They were leather. Cool daddy. guys.
0: <laughs> They weren't leather daddies. <laughs> One of them was a doo-wop daddy. Mm,
1: mm-hmm. Just you.
0: Okay. We can't do that.
1: But the reason why, then maybe this theory has been confirmed, because in the track She's Gone Away, which I read was written uh, yes. specifically for Twin Peaks, The Return. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've heard it was, or read Could it was, been. he references Reptile, or the lyrics reference Reptile.
0: What's the lyric that references You dig in places till your fingers bleed. Spread the infection where you spill your seed. Well, right there. So reptile also uses the word infection, also talks about spilling seed. He says, you're my disease, my infection. Uh, In verse, he says, what is it? Um, Seeds from a thousand others drip drip down down from from within. within. Let me see if there's any more reference. A little these these are disturbing though. A little mouth opened up inside. Yeah, I was watching on the day she died. We keep licking while the skin turns black. Cut along the length, but you can't get the feeling back. I like the part where he goes,
2: ha 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 ha
0: ha. Is he laughing? Then we're not here to talk about that EP. Well, okay, we're gonna talk about that EP a little more because on the if you have the not the actual events vinyl ep the 12 inch on the b side of it is the final side of downward spiral these three songs backward
1: Mm -hmm. including reptile yeah it sounds crazy demonic like i know why parents i know why parents are like listening to metal songs in the 80s and being like yeah this is demonic yeah man because it's backwards (laughs) i mean Anything sounds terrifying backwards. He
0: wasn't telling me to get the gun, shoot, shoot, shoot. He mm. was doing that forwards mm. on the the other song, "Big Man With a Gun. Yeah. Um, But the first time we put that on, I didn't even know it was on there. And I put it on and the, the hurt noise comes in, fades in backwards, the really, really dissonant noise. And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? It kind of sounds like the hurt noise. And then holy shit, it is but it's backwards.
2: That's cool.
0: So reptile. Okay, it could be about Laura Palmer. It's not saying very nice things about it. It's also uh, in in very TDS Trent fashion. It's he's also saying very bad things about himself as he talks about this person mm-hmm. is maybe or maybe not is this subject of of ire. Or I don't know. Yeah. how do you think he feels about the uh, the she person?
1: <laughs> not a fan. I don't not think a he's fan. a fan. Uh, so in his book, Steiner does really good like lyric interpretation, uh, which maybe I'm not always good at. I have my own like feelings and I mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know if, if, if I'm correct at all. And I, I agree with him on this that this person maybe is just representative Or basically just confirms the loss of faith that the narrator has, like, it just confirms that the narrator has completely lost faith in others. Yeah. And this person maybe is the, like, complete representation of their, like, loss of faith. And because of that, they're just kind of pouring, like, all their resentments into this person.
0: Yeah. I was kind of thinking about that earlier, like... It's a person who's almost at the end of his downward journey, and you'd think he wouldn't be focusing on on petty things like relationships, but it's, yeah, it is like um, he's lost it so much that he could just, he wants to put the blame on some external
1: yeah. tormentor. In this version, in this album, our narrator's downward spiral, though, doesn't like end in a murder-suicide that you see a lot of times with relationship issues when the person really does take it out on the person that they feel has betrayed them or hurt them or is leaving them or that they've lost all faith in whatever Mm -hmm. and takes it out on them in a manner that is um fatal uh Yes. and let's... this one, the narrator internalizes it and, mm-hmm. and, and doesn't lash out at the person other than in this song, fortunately. Yeah. Because we do know there are, it happens far too frequently,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that this kind of feeling is taken out on their partner. Yeah. And, and not just something for they themselves. They want to take
0: someone down with them. But I don't feel that this is that kind of story.
1: No, it's not. Um, thankfully, he—he,
0: um, he, I think he's screaming out alone. Um, I don't even think this other person would necessarily knows about his.
1: I think this person is pain.
0: gone. I think this yeah, person is she, completely she's gone. Gone away.
1: <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Is it about Laura Palmer? I don't know. But the the narrator is definitely. Uh, I I think this person is is out of their life by this point.
0: Is out of their... Oh, yes, yes, yes. They're gone. They're so yeah. far away that, yeah, it's not like he's singing it directly to someone. He's just... It's like writing in a journal about how how sad you are, but of course no one's going to read it.
1: And putting all the blame on um, the yes. other person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, th- yeah, these are different stages of... Uh, different stages of... I don't want to say grief, but of going through this kind of shit. One of the stages might be... Blaming, you know, or externalizing, uh, putting all the bad stuff on someone else.
1: Mm -hmm. On someone who has maybe hurt you. Yeah. But it might not be completely one-sided, you know, like.
0: Yeah, but he, he definitely puts blame on himself. At the same time, says, I'm so impure.
1: I always thought he was impure because they were.
0: Because oh, because the, the they're my the other disease, person my infection, them. okay, I am so impaired. I get you, I get you, yeah, yeah, I that... never
1: thought that they were blaming that person like I no wait, let me phrase that, I never thought that they were implicating themselves at all. I thought it was always like it's it's you that made me this way, and lashing out at that well, person.
0: there's a weird thing mm-hmm. that's um, what is it, verse two is a very dramatic couple lines that's uh, angels bleed, wait. No, it's devil speak of the ways in which she'll manifest. Mm-hmm. So she's evil, I guess. And then angels bleed at the tainted touch of my caress. Yeah,
1: because he's been tainted by her.
0: Okay, this is more <laughs> tainted love stuff. We we've talked about this before. With like fear of disease has been there since the beginning of his stuff, right?
1: I mean, it and was a uh, time.
0: The, yeah, the AIDS panic is maybe still on his mind. maybe It wasn't out. I mean, it was still it was obviously still part of
1: I mean AIDS terrified me, and I was like in third grade. I was definitely not it's having be- sex or using drugs. Well, you know it's because of what
0: they taught us in <laughs> school. They, yeah. they did AIDS panic in school. I remember growing up.
1: Mm-hmm. My mom was always very reassuring to me about it. She's like, Jessica.
0: <laughs> yeah it
1: does it's not spread from kissing or hugging. You can't get it that way.
0: Well, it's not, like, it's not COVID, okay? Yeah, no. But yeah, I, I didn't think of it that way. I also thought of it as like, this is a bit like closer No, It's like the completely unsexy closer. That's a little bit how I see it. So uh, I...
1: What's weird though, is I do find some parts of this song sexy.
0: That's That was going to be my next question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I pretty much assumed you were going to find it sexy... <laughs> even though I don't I
1: think there there's the slowness and the the machinery sounds and there's this guitar You think the that terminator
0: robot limbs are really sexy?
1: I think there's a combination of all these elements that makes it strangely sexy. Mm-hmm. The sound. I'm not talking about the lyrics. Okay.
0: Yeah, he calls her a whore.
1: I'm not I mean sometimes <laughs> I want to hear that.
0: Do you want to hear Precious whore? Yeah, sometimes we all got to hear that.
1: <laughs> just cut that out.
0: <laughs> no. I kind of wanted to listen to the I haven't heard the I haven't heard the demo of Reptile. There is a demo. I haven't heard it in years and they put it on the 10-year re-release. Um, you want
1: to go through it real quick and just maybe point out if there's any major differences? Yeah. While he pulls that up, I'm going to eat an olive. By the way, funny thing about our Trentinis. My olives are stuffed with garlic. Blake likes the classic pimento stuff.
0: Because Jess is a psycho mm. who
1: garlic stuffed olives are like
0: garlic in her drink. Reptile demo. Oh wait, it says lie. Okay, it was called liar at first. That's what I said. Liar. Reptile demo. Mm-hmm. From the 2004 deluxe edition bonus tracks. Still so let's the got that sample. It's the, starting same. In the
1: beginning. So that sample's from Leviathan.
0: 1989. About a submarine, maybe. So we're hearing the underwater sounds of a submarine creaking. Mm-hmm. I could be totally wrong on that. Might, that's what I think it is.
1: I don't know. I've never seen the movie. Well,
0: I, yeah, I know. <laughs> and this one is, yeah, same length. the The plucky things are a little bit louder in the mix, I think. Mm-hmm
1: love the plucky things how do you feel about the plucky things
0: i like them a lot Mm -hmm. i think there's some kind of there's some kind of synth patch i thought they were a guitar at first i always thought
1: they were a guitar too
0: a little bit how i like you pluck a string Mm -hmm. so far this sounds the same um got my terminator in there Yeah, Leviathan is about undersea explorers. Oh, and there's a there's a monster under the ocean. By the way, that's what I
1: was guessing the Leviathan was. Holy shit! Do you have a picture of it?
0: Really? Kind of of looks like Godzilla in the water. It sounds the same except the vocal take is maybe less polished like he got a better take later on.
3: She leaves the trail of-
0: slightly different performance maybe a different reverb profile on the vocal from
4: a others,
3: from
0: instrumentally sounds identical to me so different harmony mm-hmm. harmonizing Quieter, more like, print, like Prince whispers and falsettos.
1: Yeah, it really has that.
0: And um, the synth is in- emphasized over the guitar. And in the final version, it's the opposite. Give it. Give it. love the guitar. Sounds like the same guitar performance.
4: Oh,
0: he's really building it out there. Mm. Do you think the title Liar, do you think they approved upon it with Reptile? I think it's better to be, be called a Reptile than just Liar.
1: Why would he change it from Liar to Reptile? What do Reptiles make you think of? Lizards. Cold-blooded snakes. Cold-blooded.
0: Cold-blooded snake. Is that a song?
1: It was. It was Paula Abdul.
0: Okay. He's See? He's
1: a cold-blooded snake. Same
0: Same basic thing. Eyes. Same basic song.
1: Basically, yeah.
0: Um, Liar is too generic. And there's that. Isn't there like a Black Flag or Henry Rollins band? Oh, it's, it's Rollins band.
1: Rollins band. It's too uh, generic. He could have called it like Infection.
0: Uh, I like. I don't like that as much either. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay, the bridge part. Kirk yep, help. Kirk help. <laughs> same, same thing. I think it's a, it may just be vocal performance that's different nothing else. The sample may be louder in the mix here.
1: Isn't there like a small synth part that kind of sounds like the Laura Palmer th- theme from Twin yeah, Peaks?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll get into that okay. when we really break it down.
1: I heard you playing it, so.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, was, I got on the keyboard. Um I think well Ixie pointed out pointed it out in her video cuz someone else had pointed it out I got on the keyboard I played that reptile uh bridge part and uh and the Laura Palmer theme I can't play it very well but parts of it back to back they're in the same basic scale neighborhood mm-hmm. And there are similarities, but nowhere near exact. Okay. Oh, it do- You know what it doesn't have? What? You know what? It- what doesn't oh. it have?
1: The muffled screams.
0: Right. I think the muffled screams were an improv on the day of. Maybe.
1: God, those muffled screams add a lot to it, don't they? They
0: really do. Yeah, so vocally, he did different takes, and I think he improved upon it. All right. So do the real thing. Let's
1: do the real thing.
0: First of all, let me do this real quick. You heard all the robotic sounds that kind of become part of the beat in mm-hmm. the background. Whirs and clicks. Mm-hmm. I'll play some Terminator sound effects here. Okay. This is just from the first, the, the opening scene of the first Terminator. Los Angeles, 2029
1: AD. Oh, man, I can't wait for 2029.
0: What a year! We're That's fucking seven years from now. And laser beams are everywhere. There's these you know hovercrafts. What? Elon
1: Musk is Skynet. I'm going to say it now.
0: Grimes wishes she was Skynet. She wishes. <laughs> but the technology sucks compared to this laser beams it's got that great score
1: god I love this who did the score for Terminator I,
0: I, I have to look it up now because I love it too and I forgot There, look into the I could do a podcast about the making of the score there's interesting stuff
1: the Br- score whenever I hear those tun, 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 tun.
0: Brad Fidel
1: tun, 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 tun. I get a little boner like a, a okay a late. girl boner yeah.
0: Brad Fidel did the, the synths mm-hmm. and whatnot. We're just hearing tanks. Let's see if we get to any robots. Yeah, this robots is the here. war, man. I'm we need get, to hear no. some
1: bots. I'm getting to that. I'm trying to Vrenna this right now because, you know, like he oh, would yeah, just, he would just listen it. to them without exactly. watching. Love this. That Ooh. synth coming in.
0: Listeners, pretend you are Chris Vrenna. You're, you're just hearing old VHS tapes without seeing it.
1: Yeah, and you have to figure out, like, you're you're thinking about sounds you want to isolate.
0: Just listen for sonic value alone.
1: Ooh. This is a fun experiment. I think I want to watch Terminator with my head turned.
0: (laughs) With your head turned? Just
1: turn off the screen.
0: (laughs) There's some, okay, there's some robotic sounds. Do we not see Terminators in the... Beginning of part one.
1: It's been a while. I'm more of a T2 person. I mean, they both, let me tell you, they both fuck equally.
0: But T2 might fuck harder.
1: I mean, T2 fucks harder. Let's be honest. But T1, for what it was, fucks pretty hard. All right. Don't play this around your children, please.
0: I hope no one was. (laughs) That would be dumb.
1: Unless you have your earbuds in or something, that's fine.
0: Okay, now I'm just going to give you something with with no context.
4: Okay. 3 billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the War Judgment Day. They lived only to face a new nightmare. The
0: war against the machines. Robot sounds.
1: So is this just the beginning of T2?
0: Yeah, that's a great fucking looking robot. I love that, that sound, it's the score. Mm-hmm. It's like, he he's like, I'm gonna do this scene from T1, but I have more money now, I'm gonna make it way fucking better. And it slaps. It's just the same thing, but way better.
1: Do you remember the Great Robot War of 97? That was insane.
0: Yes. When Furbies were going up against Tamagotchis (laughs) and it was hell on earth.
1: (sighs) What a time.
0: I just want to hear robot limbs, but we're just hearing lasers, really.
1: I feel like there are scenes like whenever they finally see them for the first time without the human flesh, Yeah. when you really hear that, and that adds to the terror because you realize they're not human. You know, and that you can't destroy them. I'm
0: gonna bring up the alien, aliens loader. Okay. Somebody, I re, there was a really great tweet. Uh, aliens is such a great movie, and someone wrote, "Aliens is a movie about the importance of being forklift certified."
1: <laughs> it really, it's important. Kind of a
2: fifth wheel around here. Is there anything
0: I can do. Kyle Reese, there he is.
1: Oh yeah, he's he a, was in he's Aliens in this movie too. Oh, yeah.
0: Okay. Loader locking in. Rebox.
1: Is Tom Skerritt in Aliens or Alien?
0: Alien. Okay. He dies. Oh. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. That, that's the reptile noise.
1: Mm-hmm. What's that?
0: So I heard that that I heard that that someone took an I don't know anything about cameras, but someone took an aperture sound or shutter uh, shutter okay. sound from a camera and like slowed it down, maybe.
1: Almost sounds like gunfire
0: yeah kind of like a cheesy video game machine mm-hmm. gun but i think it was some kind of camera noise that uh, that they um they changed the speed of a lot anyway so you know similar sounds just servos and hydraulics and all that let's play the real reptile the sounds of the submarine Yeah, I think they they go on a while. What do you think is the meaning of all this? Maybe just to give us a nice, long transitional period between the hell of Eraser and yeah. whatever this is.
1: Definitely makes you a little, throws you off a little bit, makes you think maybe you're...
0: And then the little...
1: Those little plink-plinks come in.
0: And we're definitely thinking about machinery.
1: Do those make you anxious? Those little blink, blink 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 blink
0: blink Yeah, it's kind of like something is coming. Uh-huh. Something very soft. You are kind of maybe afraid something very loud is going to come and jump in, jump out at you. And it does. Now the machine's right in your face. I also thought it sounded like Terminator or, not Terminator, Transformer noises maybe a little bit, like a robot was transforming. Okay. I thought it could be that.
4: That's
0: a nasty image, right?
1: I mean, it's not attractive. (laughs)
0: Doesn't get me horny. Another non attractive image.
1: But another reference to honey, right?
0: Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Links to closer. Kind of Incel vibes, maybe a little bit. You think so?
1: A little. Maybe this. We got this all wrong, and this song is just about the the Queen Alien.
0: Ooh, mm-hmm. that's, that's good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This chorus is so much better than it was in the demo. Definitely. I love the sense. Sense kind of banging around in your head on this chorus. Why do you think he says give it? Any thoughts?
1: I'm thinking. I'm going to think on it.
0: Give give me your diseases. Give, give me,
1: me your honey.
0: Okay, your honey, your diseased honey. I drink the honey from inside your hive. Is that what he says in Closer?
1: Mm-hmm. Give it, because you're the reason I stay alive. Give it.
2: Uh-huh.
4: Tell of the way in which will
0: On the uh, guitar, Trent Reznor never met a note. He couldn't bend into oblivion. <laughs> Good little part.
4: Need to to
0: so he does want to be contaminated. He he wants it because it will alleviate his loneliness. So that's been there. He's not entirely mad about this being infected.
1: I think he just doesn't want to be alone.
0: Listen to that noise. I think there's a really soft vocal, really, really subtle, far back in the mix. I, think I heard a, it. A harmony, I should say, whereas in the demo, it was super prominent. Yeah. This part. This is the Laura Palmer uh, love theme ascending up and up.
1: And also the Kirk help.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. Oh. That time, instead of saying give it, he just goes, oh. What do you make of that?
1: I'm wiggling my eyebrows up and down. I always love that.
0: W- waggling oh. the eyebrows. I love it. What does the O mean?
1: Do O's have to mean anything? They could just be added for emphasis.
0: I what just, do you think it's it It's a means? fun exercise. I ha- I have a thought. Mm-hmm. I'll, it will take a, a few minutes. Okay. I'll get to it later. Oh my so we hear the harmonies a little more now.
4: Oh my heart.
0: It's weird that it's almost seven minutes. Because it kind of just sounds like a normal song.
1: It really doesn't feel like it's a just seven slow. minute song.
0: Yeah. That's why I always assumed Closer was Longer. There it goes. He's, he's scatting in our right ear. Just on the right. Isn't it kind of like scatting?
1: No, I don't think it's scatting. I disagree. I don't think it's scatting and I don't want to say, he's repeating a word, it's a real word, he's saying like no over and over and over again, again until the end when he's just so frustrated he can't even say no anymore, right, he's just like- "Mm
0: -hmm." He's moaning, moaning "Mm -hmm." and whining
1: but it, I don't hear scatting. I, I I mean, maybe if you're talking about just the rhythmic elements, but to me, I'll, scatting usually is kind of nonsense words.
0: I'll play it a bit more isolated in a bit, and, okay. and I'll make my case for why. It's, I, it's related. It's related to scatting, I'll okay. say. So that's a reptile. Anything um, else before I go into surround elements?
1: We can go surround elements, but we can come back to anything I have to add to it because I like to talk about the... Any kind of critical opinions I find after, so why don't you go ahead and do your your sound elements?
0: Okay, once again taken from the 5.1 tracks.
1: It's Blake's Stem Corner.
0: Blake's, uh, well, I, Blake, I I feel dumb calling because these aren't technically stems, even though I've said that a thousand times. Blake's Clip, one of our one of our uh, listeners made an Instagram story about uh, how much she liked uh, Blake's Clip Corner. Blake's Clips Corner? I can't remember what I called it. Anyway, right, I'm so us, glad people like it.
1: Give us some clips.
0: So that's the the sound of the USS Leviathan. Okay. <laughs> I just kind of, I boosted it a bit, so you can hear it a little more clearly. Okay. And then... In the 5.1 mix, you hear the little plucks come in in the surround speakers only, so they're not going to be up front. They're just going to be on your sides or behind you, make it even more like subtle and anxious. And they're yeah, they're they're offset from each other in the right and the left.
1: I just now noticed you put a Britney Spears and an Olivia Rodrigo sticker on our laptop. <laughs> Sorry.
0: Gonna put all our favorite musicians on there. But we got Trent on there. We got uh, Tiny Trent hologram. Mm. Yep. Uh, so we've heard the Terminator loop, but then it, the uh, it adds a synth bass on the offbeats, which is interesting. I didn't really know it was there until recently. Kind of off off kilter.
1: Yeah, weird. Because
0: the the emphasis on the bass, the main emphasis is on the downbeat, but that little thing is on the upbeat. This is what we hear in the surround speakers in the chorus. I really like that. You can hear the uh, what's going on. With the synth stuff a lot better in this. Pay attention to what sounds like the insect-like noise going from left to right.
1: Ooh, okay, yeah.
0: also like a buzz. Yeah, and the buzz, it swarms around and goes through the center speaker as well. So it's kind of like the insects are flying around your head. Really dig those little synthies. Um, Than the main left and right speakers of the chorus.
4: Oh,
0: you can hear the, the harmony vocals a little bit clearer in this mix.
4: Seize my
0: then right after the give it maybe what he's asking you to give it is this gong noise yeah <laughs> I think it's some kind of cinematic score sound taken from VHS tape and adjusted
1: It's possible it doesn't have like a high quality sound.
0: No, it's de- definitely lo-fi. Which so much of the stuff that they took from tape.
1: Sometimes you gotta make. Sometimes you gotta make things sound like shit to make them sound good.
0: Exactly, as it's the kinda man said. It's kind of
1: like uh, writing. Sometimes, if you know the rules, you can break them. Right. Is that the? Exactly. Is that the? the thing people say. It's
0: and it's it's weird. It's, it, working in the reverse of his philosophy for this album at least when you dissect it sounds high-tech and nice the album overall when you dissect it you start hearing how lo-fi a lot of the elements are yeah it's crazy but then you put it together and as i keep saying it becomes more than the sum of its parts which i recently learned a good word for that is the gestalt okay you know about the gestalt the philosophy of i don't know i'm trying to sound smart <laughs> gestalt
1: schadenfreude Some, i don't know yeah it,
0: schaden yeah it's not it's not schadenfreude but no it's,
1: i know it's not but it's it's yeah. a very Germany. When, yeah
0: it's german, it's german. for uh-huh. when something something that is more than the sum of its parts and i'm going to say there's a gestalt quality like to gestalt
1: principle is that what they
0: um i don't know you know oh, i'm not okay. smart enough sorry um Love that gong! That just so discordant. It's the Ixie taught me this. That's the tritone of the the tonic. The gong is the tritone of the tonic, or the devil's interval. And as Ixie taught us, he uses it again and again and again.
1: It's a thing. It's like a trademark.
0: You're right. He loves it, and the, that's why she dubbed it the Trentone. tone. Um in verse two we get the guitar I was talking about, the bendy one in uh, the surround speakers. Kinda cool just to hear it with the uh the robots and the synth bass there. Then there's an interesting thing that you could easily miss, and toward the end of verse two. I called it the insect crescendo where insect-like noises are kind of increasing in both volume and anxiety I'll say <laughs> until they're about to drive you mad and then it cuts to the chorus. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh god. <laughs> It's like I'm being Cronenberg or something. <laughs> and then when that chorus comes in, it's like, oh, thank God, the insects went away. They're just increasing in volume.
1: Like I'm being Cronenberg. <laughs> Has that ever been a verb before? Uh,
0: probably. Probably. Like when your body falls apart.
1: <laughs> like when you accidentally when you get, get in your pod and with a fly.
0: Yeah, don't let a hey, don't let flies in your pod.
1: Don't let po- guys, don't let anything in your pod, but especially a fly.
0: I want to watch Dead Ringers. We'll, we'll, we'll we're going to talk Guys, about Guys, can Dead I Ringers. say
1: Dead Ringers? Great movie. I've never
0: seen it, but now I want to, now knowing what I know. You know
1: why I watched it? Because I was a weird eighth grader with a crush on Jeremy Irons.
0: Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I know. Uh, The surrounds and the second chorus. Oh, the little plucks mm-hmm. from the beginning come back, but you wouldn't really hear it in the stereo mix, but they're there. hear them yes they're back oh, baby yeah that's what I love about the surround mix is all these things are brought up that you would have never known about there you get the idea the okay ascending notes in the bridge. Some of the softest, almost cheesiest string sounds we hear in all of Nine Inch Nails music. And that's um I think that that's where people are making Twin Peaks and Angelo Badalamenti comparisons mm-hmm. because there is a a keyboard and a string patch going dun 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 in the way that the Laura Palmer theme does so these synth patches that are almost you you would normally call them cheesy but bottle Lamenti is so good at what he does that it doesn't even matter that it's cheesy it still sounds awesome
1: do you have a little sample of it i love it
0: yeah you know what i'm saying
1: no i do but i i love the twin peaks themes
0: yeah the the title theme i love the laura Laura palmer's theme yep on the off chance someone listening doesn't know you got to know this this piece of music i thought it was cheesy the first time i heard it i think i'm ashamed to say starts with these really awesome synth pads And if you listen to the, if you watch the show, you hear it about 10 times an episode. It's
2: true.
1: (laughs) You really thought this was cheesy?
0: The first time I heard it because it's, it's like, it's just fakey, fake sounding synth pads. But he's, he's really good at what he does and he makes it work. Now I now I love it. After this really dark part, it ascends up into the more.
1: It's sweet actually quite part. lovely. Yeah. yeah.
0: And oh, I love to play it, it's something I can actually play because it's an easy part to play. I love playing it on a keyboard.
1: I loved hearing you playing it the other day when I was working. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, someone's in there playing Laura uh, Palmer's theme."
0: so slowly still a lot of mystery
1: it kind of has young and the restless Dun. vibes yeah Dun. Dun.
0: <laughs> like that by the way there's just, on YouTube there's just imagery of dead Laura no <laughs> um So instead of going into a really love into the love theme, reptile does the ascending keyboard notes, but into something even darker, and the gong comes back. Um, This is in the center speaker. I called it yelps and piano. Oh, it's you you hear the first you hear the buzzing of the insect Mm -hmm. passing through. Then you hear the yelps, the yelping girl from. Texas Chainsaw Massacre saying, Mm -hmm. Kirk, help. And you hear the piano that accompanies that synth string. Ah! Love how it ends on that note.
1: So the Kirk helps. It's from actually kind of like an innocent scene, right? In Texas Chainsaw right. Massacre, it's not
0: not a murder scene. Not
1: a murder scene. I I think Kirk and his girlfriend are walking down the down a hill and she kind of stumbles and is like, "Kirk, help!" But they've done something to it where it sounds more to me cuz she's kind of it seems almost like she's laughing as she kind of tumbles. Like it's she's innocent. A
0: little bit it's giddy. A
1: little bit. There's something innocent and kind of sweet yeah, about it right around. in the in the scene in the movie because the movie gets very, very dark oh, yeah. very quickly have you seen it
0: um the
1: original or did you only see the I, remake with Beale? I,
0: oh yeah i only watched jessica beale movies oh buddy so.
1: We're,
0: i've seen i think it, what what was it texas chainsaw massacre 2 is that the really goofy one
1: two or three i can't remember which yeah. one it was yeah we saw that at the local yeah. art house anyway I did not know that it was from Texas Chainsaw Massacre whenever I heard it, especially in the context of this song that is kind of dark, I always thought it was a woman choking and I always thought mm-hmm. it was a woman being choking choked uh, not not choking on something or crying. I thought she was being choked. Mm-hmm. By maybe the narrator. I mean, if you look at it literally, like what is happening? It sounded like someone in distress. Either they're crying and they're upset and they're choking, or they're being choked by someone. Like it, to me, it did not sound like a a, a young woman going, "Kirk, help!" Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. Um. So it, it didn't sound like language. It sounded like someone be like yeah, choking.
0: Yeah, I I didn't make out words. I just yeah. thought I heard like a woman making whiny sounds. Kind of like cries but it was hard to tell yeah really really ambiguous but Chris Verna allegedly found these sounds um, you know without a visual accompaniment he was just listening for Sonic value I, I want to argue that he is maybe integral integral to the sound of the downward spiral and what sets it apart from other albums. So like maybe Chris Vrenna
1: Owes a lot to this to the soundscape of this album.
0: Or we owe a lot to him. Oh a lot to like, him. And Can not, be
1: credited yeah, for.
0: This is yeah. not an entire this this is something I've I'm formulating more recently, but the sound is not an entirely Trent Reznor creation if we are gonna count I mean
1: But no other album that Nine Inch Nails has released has this kind yeah. of
0: And yeah. The difference is Chris Vrenna wasn't there on the other albums going through tapes coming up but with also, these layers. But also
1: Resner never wanted every album to sound the same.
0: Right, and I don't blame he, if he yeah. just kept making this again and again, we would all get bored. So, but maybe maybe Chris got the short shrift. I don't know. I'd like to submit that he is a very important part of this album's sound Definitely. anyway. Um had to get more of the strings. Just because they're so damn pretty and innocent And then it gets so ugly Okay Over the final chorus, no, no, no Trent and his pillow are back So listen carefully to the vocalizations he makes Okay
1: Okay.
0: Wow,
1: okay. Interesting. so it's okay. not ju- he's
0: not just saying no he's just doing syllables and nonsense words
1: which I don't think I caught In you, these can't, you can't catch it because yeah.
0: you can't really make out the detail of it until no. you isolate it
1: like all I can hear is the no, no
0: but he's yeah no. he's no. doing like, like that's all I thought he was saying
1: gah, 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 gah,
0: gah. I don't know I can't even do it but yeah it's wild stuff um at, okay before we do our little science experiment one my last one is the the weird synth Okay. at the end that I love. I just like that. No, I really it's like very it. very strange. It's good. Um, okay, so we're going to try to recreate this.
1: Okay, hold on. I can't scat like Trent now that I know he's a pro. Hold on. So
0: if we've got a pillow here, uh, for your, for those listening, I, I, I spoke to an audio engineer friend of mine and I was Mm -hmm. like, you think Trent was shouting through a pillow? And he he said, maybe, uh, but (laughs) I don't know. I feel kind of dumb because it it could very well just be a low pass filter. So it could have been just done electronically. Um, no pillow required, but I think I just like to think that they did it. In an old-fashioned way, and uh, use some kind of muffling technique.
1: Which uh, the best way to muffle sound is
0: scream into a pillow. Okay. Okay.
1: Can you play it a little bit so I can, like, softly, so I can hear it, so I can scream along?
0: Here it comes.
2: <laughs> Can't do it. <laughs> I thought you. I even... feel so much-
0: Pressure.
4: Okay. Hold on,
2: hold on. Oh my
0: God! <laughs> Jesus! God damn
2: it!
0: <laughs> okay. There we go. That's my yeah, that was part. that worked. Okay. I think that works. Where you did do that again? Just okay. the hmm hmm hmm. Okay. Yeah. Hum, hum, hum. That sounds like it. Ooh. You give me the pillow now.
1: Okay, you do the no no no. Blah, 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 blah. Now I'm all thrown off because of the scatting, so I can't I do know, it now. Like,
0: I don't have his vocal talent though. That's what That's... I was
1: saying. I can do the hmm hmm. Check 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 check. Can you hear me? I can. You're very yeah. muffled. Walk him off and watch the God damn, this noise is on my head. Walk him off and watch the dead.
4: God damn, this noise is on my head. Oh, oh,
1: great. Hey, what was Did you the, hear it? Yeah, what was the stuff from last that we thought he was throwing? Oh, in? yeah. What was um,
0: that? I want you to take me. Oh, yeah. I want you to oh. break... Or I want I you want to want make
2: you me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's perfect. It sounds... <laughs> Give it... The, let me do it now. Okay. That sounds... He was definitely using a pillow because that sounds exactly like it. I can't do the screams
1: like he did, though. Just scream, dude. It felt really good. I want you to break me.
2: I want you to break me. I want you to break me. And I want you to throw me away.
1: Yes!
0: <laughs> Damn it he Oh must my have, god His voice must have been destroyed Now
1: I just want to scream into a pillow all the time Hold on
0: Oh uh, you can later if you want uh, I don't know what that means I'm sorry
1: I think I know what that means <laughs> and that was filthy
0: Oh boy wait, wait what are you trying to do
1: Nothing I'm not going to do anything Let's. Uh,
0: oh my god
1: We've been talking about reptile I for know, almost I 90 know, minutes I So know, wrap know. it up quickly I knew this would be a long episode We won't Uh, talk
0: about the other songs that long, but... um.
1: Okay, so, well, this is the longest song on the album, and I think it has too many elements to dismiss. So this is also something that, like, critics have talked about, like, just separately, because it is such a standout track. So um, Chris O'Leary compared Reptile to Bowie's Scary Monsters and said he calls it a sideways sequel. Okay. So we kind of listened to it tonight. We don't really have time. If Blake wants to, maybe he can insert... A little bit of the verse here Because there is maybe a little bit of parallels But the songs have, I feel like, very different meanings So I, I guess I can understand the sideways sequel But it is interesting to think about um, If you just listen to them back to back It is kind of an interesting parallel That's maybe all I'm going to say
0: He's saying bad things about a woman <clears throat> in the verse, maybe
1: <laughs> he, I think Bowie kind of ruins a woman in that song She
0: had an horror of ruin. She was dying.
1: I think this is from alternative press a critic said that reptile is pure dread that conjures the image of having sex with one of the airbrush mechanical monsters in an hr geiger painting oh
0: god i'd never thought of that but now that you say that that's it sounds exactly right <laughs> i won't be able to get that out of my head yeah he's fucking the the, the alien woman from the geiger paintings that <laughs> inspired alien
1: what did i say earlier this song that maybe it's about the Queen.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> I think could,
1: maybe there's a lot of things. It could be talking about the Alien Queen. Yeah, that's what I meant. The Alien Queen. Let sorry.
0: her go, you bitch. That's what Sigourney said.
1: Let me tell you how strong that Trentini was tonight.
0: That mm, the Trentini strong tonight. Folks. Was it
1: tasty? It was tasty.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm still finishing mine. Very uh, tasty.
1: I think we've talked about a lot of things. I don't know if we talked about everything we could possibly talk about about this song, but we could probably go on for another hour. Yeah, and I'm sorry we.
0: We took so long on Reptile, but um, from what I understand, you all like to hear us yammer on. So we'll be right back and we'll knock out the last two tracks. We're back. Is the uh, is the is the washing machine still running? By the way, <laughs> no. Our dryer was going earlier, and I was afraid we might get a little
1: no neither,
0: dryer machine tumbling noise in the background.
1: Neither one are going.
0: Uh, too. That's too bad because we might end up sounding like the downward spiral. What title track?
1: The penultimate track.
0: It's got some. It's got some sounds in it. Mm-hmm. That I don't know that anyone has ever identified, but maybe it's a dryer tumbling <laughs> a dryer and in, in, in the Tate house doing a little tumble dry in the background.
1: Maybe, maybe.
0: And they just captured that and they kept it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it was really a really squeaky one.
1: Well, let's talk about the downward spiral. Yes. The track, not the album. We've been covering this album. For a long time, we're just gonna talk we're about the there. track. We're on the home stretch. We are the almost penultimate. done.
0: Ultimate, let's go.
1: All right, so track thirteen, production, Resner, mixing engineer, Alan Mulder. But guess who does drums? Oh shit!
0: Is it um, is it Brenna? No. Is it Perkins?
1: We talked about this person in the um, I believe it was the episode on purest feeling. And I said they would come back.
0: Oh, is it the person who drummed on
1: Purist Feeling? No. It's a different... Per- anyway, it's Andy Kubiszewski. I'm hoping I'm oh, saying that correctly. I think you got it right.
0: Then he's
1: from... <clears throat> um... Stepping Westward. It was part of like the uh... Cleveland scene.
0: Okay. So... Yeah. So this is a, one of the only... One of the very few tracks where I listen and I think, that sounds like a real drum, drum kit really being played. This and that Piggy solo... <laughs> But it's like okay, we yeah. hear the definitely
1: hu- well, definitely piggy.
0: We hear what kind of sounds like a human rock band being put through many noisy filters. But we'll get to that. Okay, interesting.
1: Yeah, old
0: cubazuski so, on the skins.
1: <laughs> so, um, this is the I think maybe the final appearance of the downward sti- spiral motif. Yes. And well, do we want to maybe talk about what this? S- Songs, lyrics are hinting at? Well,
0: I don't think they're hinting. I think they're the most, <laughs> kind of the most uh, explicit lyrics on the album, maybe.
1: M- maybe. Other than if they had included the legend, uh, yeah, not the, the legendary. The infamous. The infamous, that's just the word.
0: do it, Nike. That's right. <laughs> um, that's why they couldn't put it on the album, the Nike slogan, copyrighted. Copyright. It like
1: I will have nothing to do with the promotion yeah, of sneakers.
0: I am loyal to Reebok.
1: <laughs> I'm an Adidas
0: man. Um, I'm in corn. <laughs> anyway, I think we're just making jokes cuz I want to avoid how unpleasant <laughs> the lyrical content of this song is.
1: I mean, I could read the the lyrics. I don't. They're all they're spoken. Do we
0: ha- I mean, we're going to don't because we're going to gonna, hear them. We're going to okay. hear them.
1: I want to talk about Reznor's feelings on this track. Yeah. Um, so he told Request Magazine in ninety-four because he did nothing but interviews in ninety-four. Interviews Hundreds and touring. Of that, that's it. That that's year. all photo shoots, touring, video shoots, that's it. That's all he did. Um, he said, I had some reservations about the downward spiral track being on the album.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: He said, I think the worst thing in the world would be someone hearing the record as an endorsement of suicide. Mm. It is absolutely not that it's a moment that Worked in the context of the story being told on the record. Okay. But I think, and Steiner talked about this in his book, that Reznor is maybe aware of the impact that art can have on young, impressionable young listeners. Minds yes.
0: As it did on me. I mean, I'm still here, you know? So obviously I didn't do that. But. I
1: think that hurt. And the fact that Hurt follows this song maybe saves the album from being the bleakest thing in the world ever.
0: Yeah, I think it's better that it ends with Hurt. Mm -hmm. I think Hurt... Couldn't just end here.
1: There's something that's a little bit... That maybe people listen to Hurt and get a little bit of of catharsis and hope through it. Yeah. Which you do not find in in this track. It has like a very uh, disconnected, dispassionate delivery when he's speaking the words which maybe make it seem more chilling as you're listening to it Mm -hmm. right just kind of an unaffected speech when he is saying these things that are not
0: and i know what you mean but when i when i do isolate the track it may shock you just how affected and stylized it is i don't think we had any idea (laughs) okay he was doing interesting things in the booth that day, but nonetheless,
1: continue. Okay. So this track might be the most risque of the track to be, or of any track to be included, even more so than "Closer," <laughs> because yeah. this track basically depicts a suicide
0: in a graphic way, not in a metaphorical way, but in mm-hmm. a direct way.
1: Direct way. However, if you look at the lyrics. I was reading through them again tonight. I wrote them down and I reread them and and the first part that he delivers in his speech they're all written in third person.
0: Mhm. Yeah, this is a good thing to bring up cuz I didn't really think of this.
1: And it's not until the last part when the the narrator says spilling out of my head that you that it's kind of reverted to a like a first person, right? Yeah. My head. But other than that, it is it is a third person delivery. You know, he couldn't believe how easy it was. He put the gun into his face. Anyway, it's mm-hmm. it's just kind of disconnected from reality, maybe. And Steiner has said that he described it as like this song reads as a description of suicide or a depiction of murder, like because yeah. of this the way that these lyrics are are structured, and it's just kind of a like he points out, it's just a walkthrough of someone's final moments. And I don't think that this song romanticizes suicide in any way. I think that it really, I mean, I've never, I've had thoughts, (laughs) but I've never maybe been as far as this narrator, at least Uh, maybe not in the deepest, moments like this where you actually go through, it. because I feel like maybe sometimes it is planned out. Like maybe people leave notes and people, you know, start giving away things and and people have it in their mind that they're going to do this, this act. And maybe for some people it is just something that is very of the moment, not thought out, not planned out, just yeah, something that is done without a lot of foresight and thought into what it really means to do this. And I think that this, does not romanticize suicide at all. Do you think it does? Do you think this album or any part of it romanticizes depression or mental illness or suicide in any kind of way?
0: No, I don't think so because it makes it all sound so unpleasant. It lays bare ugliness of it all.
1: I think it is very true in its depiction. Yeah. And a lot of respects of of mental illness.
0: Yeah, if you've been a depressed person, you probably will relate to something in this album. Or a suicidal person, you're you're gonna identify with something here probably. Yeah.
1: If you have any like, kind of like, suicidal ideations, like I have a friend who <laughs> has struggled with depression and told me that he respects that I like Nine Inch Nails, but he can't listen to them because of suicide ideation and he gets oh, it all really? from this album. Yeah.
0: He said he can't he he used to listen to them or no?
1: He did, a lot. But now because he has struggled so much with with suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. he cannot Wow. cannot listen at least to this album at all because it hits too close and it's too hard for him yeah. to listen to. Which I can I feel that, but for me it's also cathartic <laughs> in yeah. a way, if that makes sense.
0: I don't know that person's situation obviously. I'm in a a maybe similar boat, but I can, this doesn't, I don't feel like this is making me worse. Maybe it was in my, I don't know. I don't know if it made me better or worse in my teen years. If it, if it helped me, I don't know. It's hard to say (laughs) if it was an escape from the depression, Mm -hmm. um, or all the bad thoughts of my teen years, or if it was. Taking me deeper into it. I don't know. I don't know.
1: It's like, what is the high fidelity question at the beginning? Like, am I. What is it that Rob am says? I, am I sad because I listen to pop music yeah. or is pop Do music I listen to pop music because, because I'm sad. sad
0: or maybe he says depressed I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I can't remember
1: either. But it's that kind of thing, right? That Yeah,
0: exactly. You know. So this is a chicken egg. Do I listen to 9-inch nails cuz I'm depressed or am I depressed cuz I, I listen to Because
1: I listen to 9-inch nails. nails.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's like that for nearly every fan, I'm sure. <laughs> Everybody's relating right now, not in yeah. their head. Yeah. Yeah. Um um but no, it doesn't I don't know how you could romanticize one romanticize suicide and mental illness uh in any way uh and take yourself seriously they're like that what a stupid thing to do <laughs> to romanticize these things um I know I don't think that's what this does I think
1: sadness can be romanticized I think a maybe lot of-
0: sadness is de- definitely different from a clinical depression from suicidality and from suicide itself that's Much different thing from sadness, but yes, you could romanticize sadness. Look at fucking Edgar Allan Poe. I don't know. (laughs) Look at all the romantic poets. Edgar
1: Allan (laughs) Poe, yeah, okay.
0: But it's a confrontationally direct Mm -hmm. song,
1: yeah. And so, Resner himself has said regarding suicide, I don't think that I would ever do it because I look at it as the ultimate cop out. No matter how hard things get, I don't see that as a solution. I would hope that people don't get pro-suicide ideas from my music because that's not what I'm trying to provoke. I used that song, referring to the downward spiral, as a way of confronting my own self-destructive urges rather than actually killing myself.
0: I, was that from like a 94 interview, I bet?
1: You betcha, buddy. Yeah. yeah. I
0: bet you at different times in his life, he would have different feelings on it.
1: Yeah. And I think he says that about hurt especially. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't think that this this song is played live like hurt because hurt no. I feel like is kind of a standard. You know, like it's Yeah, of
0: course it is. Yes. It's a it's a set ender. This yes. was this maybe played during the like self destruct tour. It was,
1: I think mostly it's played during the further down the spiral tour uh. and then Wave goodbye because they play TDS in its oh, entirety yeah. in a couple but of shows. But other than
0: that, not really. Something not really.
1: Live. I mean, would you want to hear this song live? Okay, wait. I don't know. It's it's. I think the music itself, to a certain point, is so beautiful.
0: Yes. And then I love the music.
1: Yes, because you were like, "Why is this not hearted on your Spotify?" And I'm like, "Well, there's a point <laughs> where I don't want to hear this song at all." Yeah, you know.
0: Yeah, musically, I, I like I mm-hmm. like it all the way through. It's great.
1: Well, why don't you start taking us through that? Okay. So what's this intro sound from?
0: I used to call it the rusty, broken shopping cart. <laughs> uh, is it from THX? I think that, it's a mix of things.
1: I think it's maybe a mix of things, but I think, didn't Ixy point out that it there are rumors it's from Alien.
0: Oh, right.
1: Rumors that it's but from that's, Alien. But that's
0: part, part of it. It's two things laid on top of each other. Anyway, we hear an acoustic guitar here. That's something we don't hear much on this album. And
1: we it's hear... a lovely guitar part, by the way. It's, yeah. it's the TDS motif.
0: It, yeah, it's in a different key. But yeah, every time we hear the motif, it's in a, it's in a different key. It's in a different style, a different instrument, which I like that about it. He changes it up. And he does these pauses between each couple of notes.
1: And we have this come in.
0: We also hear his breathing. And then, yeah, the the flutes that sound like...
1: Wait, is this like the first, like, breathing track?
0: First breathing track.
1: Well, Resner uses his breathing a lot in music. Is feel, this the uh, first one where it's like no. this, where it's very? We hear his breath in
0: Piggy. Like it's it No, I meant
1: like used as.
0: As almost um, as um, a, a yeah, a note.
1: As a or note, or as like rhythm. a vocal, or as just something, like as an instrument itself. I'm not thinking about just like intakes yeah. <gasps> a breath okay. or. Yeah, maybe. Which I always find his breathing so, like, reassuring.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's trying to comfort us, even in the darkest part exactly. of the album. I really like these guitars here. They're just so... These last two tracks are really different. <laughs> They're more acoustic and real and less electronic than the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. They've got more a different organic. feel. Yeah. They've got a different feel. They hit different. talk about that will swell so yeah the stereo mix here it always really hit me that okay we're rocking out but we're only rocking out in the right speaker mm-hmm. or mostly in the right and it's like a through a through a wall darkly type thing very muffled low pass filtered to death rock band you know behind a big behind a concrete wall I kind of imagine we're hearing a rock band in a garage far away or something just like the the echo of of it from down the street we're definitely not in the room with them
1: I wanna be honest and tell you that when I was younger this was a track I kinda skipped. Oh really? I just it's really hard to get through.
0: It's not it's
1: it's l- not the it's arrangement, less than four it's minutes. not the music, it's not the length.
0: It's the lit is it the lyrics? It's the lyrics, man. Yeah, they're yeah. not nice.
1: It's not a nice thing, but, I don't wanna hear it.
0: And then it just ends on the cymbal wash. I I think as a teen, when I was first into this, I was probably like, yeah, I identify with these uh, nasty, dark lyrics. And so I I wouldn't skip it.
1: Something that I couldn't identify. I just didn't want to hear yeah. it every time I listened to this album. Mm-hmm. Um, And I think Ixy pointed this out. In almost every song, no matter how bleak or dark the subject matter, there's always... A moment of beauty, and actually in this song yeah. we get several moments of beauty, oh, yeah. and I think Big you're gonna time. point them out to us right now
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure
1: do you like that transition? I'm getting yes. good at these thank right?
0: you you're you're keeping us on track here <laughs> um, and those yeah those moments of beauty are what made me want to listen to it, so going through it, the five dot one mix and the center speaker they give us just the reverb of that acoustic guitar it's quite an interesting little thing. Mm-hmm.
1: Is there breathing in there too?
0: There's a lot of fret noise. Oh, okay. There might be breathing.
1: It almost feels like an inhale.
0: It's hard, hard to tell the difference between fret noise and breathing. They kind of combine. Really? Well, I'm not saying in this instance it is because it's, it's just we're hearing reverberations and they're okay. kind of laying on top of each other. Okay. And the surrounds we hear there's one noise that may be the alien thing. Okay. <laughs> like people walking through an alien landscape and um
1: in the movie Alien is what Blake is yes. trying to say.
0: And yes. the fly uh, something that sounds like flies in insects and decay we get those sounds over and over again in this album. Here's the what I call the flies in the surround sound speakers.
1: which automatically just kind of sets you on edge, right?
0: Yeah, it, they do it in kind of a the to me these are less anxious than like the other the insects we've heard throughout the album.
1: Yeah, they don't seem previously. as frantic. <laughs> yeah,
0: they're a little more subdued, but they're kind of swirling around again in the speakers. That may, maybe that is the alien thing. I don't know, but it's not completely verified. Okay, this is what I called the other things what I called broken shopping cart. It doesn't really sound like that, but Now maybe this is the alien thing. I don't know what. This is the what. alien okay. thing. Okay,
1: okay. I believe that it's possibly the scene when they are exploring when they they, yeah, they, they, they leave. land
0: on the planet. They land
1: on the planet and they actually yeah. go inside yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, and you,
0: but it you hear their footsteps, but they like pitched it way up for this. If that is indeed what it is, so those little steps are are footsteps pitched up, possibly.
1: I know it, we just watched Alien recently, but now I want to watch Alien. We watched Alien
0: so many times.
1: I love those and movies. One of, okay, f- One Sorry. of my
0: favorites. It flies buzzing. And more reverb from guitar and more buzzing flies. Definitely some breathing. Get some breathing. And that's when the flutes start to come in. We'll talk about those. Possibly my favorite part. There's a string swell. It's a very, very beautiful the way it's put into the context here, and also includes a little harp sound. It it doesn't it sounds different there than it does within the context. Can you
1: play that again? Okay. I was listening for the harp. Sorry. Well,
0: I'll, I'll You've got it. amplify okay. it here. Okay. So that comes from that. We definitely know where that comes from. The Howard Shore score to Dead Ringers, the Twins little a uh, little piece of music called Twins.
1: Because the movie's about twin brothers who are gynecologists, and one of them kind of loses his mind. Sounds gross. Uh it's great. It's a great film.
0: So here is what it sounded like in the were They they pitched it down for this. This is what the original sounded like, and you'll hear the harp. I couldn't believe how prominent the harp actually was in the downward spiral song when I never heard it before, uh until just recently. Here we're gonna we're gonna kind of hear how that turned into what uh, Trent Reznor used. So this part, And okay. p- pitch it down. The harp. And he elongated it too. So he he didn't just pitch it down, he slowed it down as well. And the last thing you heard was the taken from VHS quality. So the the quality is, is degraded a lot, because uh, as far as we know, it's from a VHS tape. Okay, um, then when it gets to the hard rockin' part, we hear what I called the rock band in the surrounds. After the swell. <laughs> So this is without the narration.
1: It's really nice to hear without the narration, right, to be right. honest. Yeah. It's a whole
0: different experience. We're just hearing them rock out. And then what's interesting about that is that as as that part goes, the, the sound of it deteriorates and gets really screwed up until it turns into this. Like, listen to that. It's like it's like chopping. It's getting really choppy and like cutting in and out. Yeah. It's like that's not a mistake. They made it that way by choice.
1: It's like they recorded it on my really shitty AM/FM cassette player <laughs> yeah, recorder. My Fisher
0: Price played it cassette back. Yeah. That I used. Um. It was really cool. That I got to have the that piano playing the the motif at the end kind of isolated here So it's more than just a Simple piano sound It's like layered with really processed piano As far as I can tell yeah, and we get some of the screams in there.
1: God, those screams! Yeah, he's really. It's like some kind of primal scream therapy again. that he had at the Tate House, just getting it all yeah, out. Yeah, maybe man.
0: he was doing therapy like John Lennon. Yeah, me and he had Jet- his
1: mellotron. Why not?
0: <laughs> he maybe his ghost was in there. <laughs> oh, and these—I love these sounds. just uh, some kind of synth bending downward and then back up. And then, did you hear it deteriorating? Yes. Chopping up. when the song ends but it's really interesting how he, he could have just had it like almost any other artist would have been like yeah let's rock the fuck out here let's make it sound so kick ass because this one this is one of the more standard rock parts but Reznor decided to bury it underneath all this nasty processing and noise so it sounds, ah, it sounds so alienated you know yeah I th- I get those kind of decisions are what made me l- love this music. I think, just not didn't go the obvious way out. Um, okay, I call this Trent's poem. Do we want to do this? This is the isolated vocal.
1: I mean, let's do it.
0: Okay, even if we're not paying attention to the lyrics, which we will be, also pay attention to the way he performs it. It's very strange and interesting. He couldn't believe how easy it was.
3: He put the gun into his face. Bang! So much blood for such a tiny little hole. Problems do have solutions, you know. A lifetime of fucking things up,
0: fix. And so yeah, very, almost sensually delivering it.
1: Maybe, but I still think there's some kind of weird disconnect. Like I, I still think it feels like it's just someone, well, disconnected yes. from reality, talking about this situation.
0: Another thing from the Ixie video, she said it had a floating above his body quality. Yes, hence the third person perspective right i thought that was um a good point to make if everything in this album was just from the point of view of starting with the word i it would get more it would get boring it was I, I think it's a good decision to change perspective a bit every once in a while
1: i also think that well you couldn't really tell a uh, suicide story first person Huh. Hmm. I mean it. it yeah, means. I mean,
0: what do you say? Like, I now I'm dead. It's a little more. <laughs> I'm sorry. Cheesy. I'm not trying to laugh. Well, yeah, that's I, not what I'm I laughing mean... about.
1: Yeah, I, I just think that's almost impossible to do. Yeah. But also, I was thinking, like, have you ever been seriously ill, um, or like maybe near death or anything like that?
0: I haven't been that near death. I don't
1: think. So, when I was in eighth grade, I had meningitis. And almost died from it. It was bacterial. It spreads very quickly. It's highly contagious. And it can kill you very quickly. Uh, My body went into shock, basically. I don't remember a lot of things. Um, My mom and sister knew I was very, very ill. Because at one point they asked if I wanted to watch MTV. And I said, no. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's how they knew things were serious. Um, Things were not okay. That and I had a crazy fever. Um, Do you know Jacob's Ladder, the movie, there's a scene where Tim Robbins has a high fever and his his partner at the time gets him in a tub and is screaming for ice? Yeah. Like that was literally my mom at one point. Where she checked on me in the middle night because I had flu symptoms, and she checked on me and I had a fever of like 104 degrees, Ugh. and she pulled me out of bed and got me in the shower and yelled at my sister to get ice and to go to the gas station and get a bag of ice, like she was terrified. Oh God um, I don't remember I vaguely remember that. Uh, yeah. But most things after that, I don't remember. Your body does go into this weird kind of shock where everything seems unreal. And you can't remember it at all, Mm -hmm. but it is almost a third person situation where you are kind of observing things that are happening to you because none of it seems real. So that's, I think this is very true in that respect, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because your body does try to protect you, maybe, I Mm -hmm. think, Um, and try to prevent trauma.
0: We call it disassociation.
1: Exactly.
0: So, Yeah
1: so i I feel like this is very like i i just i feel like that's very
0: i th- it speaks
1: to me i guess like i i can
0: it speaks to me too and I think it was a a better decision it was a better way to do it
1: a better way to do it is or the, a more the third interesting person, choice yeah. yeah to disassociate yourself from the trauma
0: so the final part of that he starts making some noises that I wasn't that I didn't exactly know were there before he does the final lyrics. And I called it Trent's ASMR. (laughs) Okay. He's humming.
2: Yeah.
1: He might even have a bug whistle. (laughs) Everything's blue.
3: Everything is blue in this world. The deepest shade of mushroom blue. All fuzzy. Spilling out of my head.
0: It's like so lo-fi too. And so much bleed coming through. It's wild how... How kind of lo fi a lot of this is, especially vocal wise, but it doesn't come through that way in the finished product. So he's, I'm going to play it with a little bit of the piano behind it. He's okay. kind of humming along to the tune. He may be improving, you know.
3: Blue, everything is blue in this world. The deepest shade of mushroom blue, all fuzzy, spilling out of my head.
1: Sorry, made a little sound.
0: (laughs) What was that? I went, (laughs) I know that I knew that that would get to some people.
1: Yeah, it's hard.
0: Yeah, it's pretty intense stuff.
1: Yeah. I have a question. Yes. You ever seen a blue mushroom?
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, what is mushroom blue? Uh, I guess. It's like that one song, blue, blue, mushroom blue. <laughs> That's the color of mushroom.
1: Good. Right? I love it. <laughs> um, apparently there are mushrooms that are tinted blue.
0: I'm going to look this up right now.
1: They are, I believe they are referred to as lactarius indigo or indigo milk caps. I looked it up, Blake. Wow. I looked it up.
0: Indigo milk cap is the first thing that comes up when mm-hmm. you Google blue mushroom.
1: Are they edible? They are. Do they taste good? Can't confirm that. Do they make that.
0: you trip balls?
1: Is, no, I think they're normal shrooms. These
0: look like out of a fantasy. I I know something They don't other. look
1: real. This they, looks
0: like out of Mario right there.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think that's. I don't know what that image you're looking at is real. Uh,
0: okay, it's not. It's probably not real.
1: <laughs> no, but there are apparently blue mushrooms. I've never seen one in my life. Weird. Do you know that they're considered second class species for consumption? I'm just saying.
0: What does that mean?
1: Like what? they're they're not top tier man they're they're lower tier oh. according to people who are into mushrooms okay eating them and and who know who know they're their mushrooms it's it's not considered a top tier mushroom to huh. to eat
0: they're like these rare blue mushrooms total shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically
0: indigo wow I and mean, yeah they look pretty bright um, They're kind
1: of pretty. I would love to stumble across one in the wild. They are native to certain areas of North America, I believe. So you could maybe find wow. them.
0: I would love to go find some and
1: let's go take a, take a picture mm-hmm.
0: where we're pointing at it mm-hmm. and make a meme that's like NIN fans be like, "Holy shit!"
2: <laughs> pointing <laughs> at this
0: blue mushroom. But what is every everything's blue? If you've been if you've been a depressive person, you might. You might know what everything's blue in this world means. Mm -hmm. I mean, pretty abstract thought, but it'll resonate with you if you. But the deepest shade of
1: mushroom blue, like why that comparison?
0: It's weird. That's one of the more poetic type things he's ever put in a song, maybe or abstract.
1: Like, did he just see a mushroom, a blue mushroom once, and was like, "God damn!" That's it. That's well, it's a nuts, very, and it stuck with him. I, I mean, don't know. When
0: you look at these things, there, there's almost nothing in nature, almost nothing that looks that shade. So it is unique, you know. Yep. Strange. It be sometimes a lyric. I, I will just come to you. I'm not a great songwriter or anything like that. Uh, but I mean,
1: you just did a pretty good parody of Sound yeah, and Vision. Yeah, I mean,
0: that was really, that was Weird Al level genius. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um,
1: blue, blue, mushroom, blue. That's the color of my shroom.
0: Wasn't that the your most listened to song of 2021?
1: Sound and Vision? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> I, okay. I'm,
0: nothing wrong with that.
1: Can I tell you what I like to do sometimes? What? Sometimes when I'm working and I get stressed out, I like to put on my headphones. Usually, you're not at home. It's on days that you are not here, and I will put on that song and dance around the living room a few oh times. My God. Wow! In a row. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. It just, I just think that song is That's strangely sweet. danceable. So yeah,
0: I mean, it is really it's a yeah. beat, bouncy, dancey song. I mean,
1: maybe the the words aren't so happy, but the mm-hmm. the 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 music. Yeah, I'd love to dance around to it. Anyway, yeah,
0: back the- on the downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Let's not take any tangents that might make us a little more happy and lighthearted. That's not what this is about. We're here to have a bad time, as I the man himself said.
1: Always want to have a bad time. <laughs> I go into every situation like this is going to be a bad time, and that way, when it's a good time, you're surprised. Yeah.
0: So that leads right into the final track, "Hurt." Here we go. And can I just say?
1: No. Okay, say it.
0: The Downward Spiral on Spotify, the t- The title track, has 2,600,000-some-odd listens. Okay. The least listens of any track on this album.
1: Yeah, it's hard to get through, dude. Like, <laughs> I can see that.
0: Hurt has 66 million.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, so wait, we went from The Downward Spiral has
0: 2 million 2 million less, less than 3 million. Okay. To Hurt that has 66 million. million.
1: Well, it helps that it was kind of an unofficial single, right?
0: Yeah, it kind of was. It's one of yeah. the more it's the song, one of the songs in addition to Closer that's been put in the canon of songs we'll remember forever. And, you know, Johnny Cash helped that a little a little mm-hmm. bit. By, mm-hmm. by the way, by far the the most listened to song is closer on here with 137 million listens on Spotify. <sighs> what were you yeah, saying?
1: That makes sense. No, I was thinking about this song and like maybe the context I first heard it in. And it was probably the video because it did get MTV mm-hmm. Airplay.
0: See, I never saw it that way.
1: And I I I think I remember it was always such a weird song to hear on MTV. Like I think the video came out in what, 1995. Mm -hmm. So it was something that it's really weird to hear. Like, you know, you have like a TLC jam and then you have hurt. (laughs) Like it's uh, so strange to hear in, in a, in a pop music format, this song. It's, it's a strange thing for a, it's a strange song for a single, an unofficial,
0: but also it's
1: but also it's so
0: a, anthemic and has such a memorable hook, and, and it's so pretty.
1: it is really pretty, and even though it has some very ugly elements. It's very pretty
0: it may it's it's not as ugly as the downward spiral title track, I don't think
1: no, because there's something the, in this that gives you a little bit of hope, yeah,
0: yeah I never thought of it as as hopeful, but mm-hmm. there may be a a tinge of hope,
1: yeah. So, just to get to the, the nitty-gritty details, credits on this track, production and mix is for Trent Reznor, and Chris Vrenna is credited for drums.
0: Okay. Yeah, because this is one of the, another of the few times that live drums are hit. You can hear toms smacked very, very heavily. I guess that would be Vrenna.
1: I also just want to, right now, we have been recording for about two hours. Oof. I could probably talk about Hurt for three hours.
0: Yeah, we're going to have to.
1: We decided earlier tonight that we are going to have a bonus episode for Hurt um, because there are a lot of elements we want to talk about. We're going to talk about, obviously, the main things tonight, but I really yeah. want to, because I think this song has a lot more cultural impact than we give it credit for. And
0: there's just, we. There's so
1: much you can talk about. We don't want to add another
0: two hours to this. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, so we're going to talk about the high points of this song. We're not going to get into every little detail. So if there's stuff that we left out, there's a reason we're going to discuss it in a bonus episode. That's what I'm trying to say.
0: But we're not going to purposely leave important things out either. No.
1: Um, in his chapter about Hurt, Steiner begins with a question from Kerrang! Magazine that was posed to Reznor. And the interviewer asks him, have you ever personally reached the kind of absolute low described on the album's final track, Hurt? And Trent replies with, huh, yeah, I've reached it. And then he kind of trails off and stares in the space. Oh, God. But, like, nothing is ever confirmed. He never really answers the question. And that's where he begins with his section on Hurt. That, yeah.
0: What? How low is the low that we're talking about here? That's what's a little ambiguous to me.
1: it is ambiguous. Do you think that this song is it written from the perspective of the narrator posthumously that like is it as someone who has who has committed the final act of suicide and they are looking back upon that decision with regret like is that what you feel because those are kind of the vibes i I get from I don't want to say vibes. That is the kind of feeling I get from this song.
0: That is one way of looking at it, and I have looked at it that way as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it, it's not until more recent years that—so the kind of straightforward reading of the whole concept album is it's a concept album about a person who commits suicide. Mm-hmm. And on more recent listens, I was like, something about the details of the last few tracks made me think, wait, what, this is maybe a concept album about a person who doesn't commit Commit suicide.
1: suicide. Yeah. So is it someone who is thinking, is it someone who has looked at that, oh, God, this song is so hard to talk about. I know. I'm sorry. Here's
0: what. The evidence might be if you say I well, I hurt myself is very different from I killed myself Mm -hmm. to see if I still feel you. You don't do that. That's a different frame of mind than being suicidal to want to feel something and to hurt oneself to uh, in order to feel is a different mindset entirely than being suicidal because you don't get to stick around if you kill yourself you don't get to stick around and say well how did that make me feel and then reflect on it yeah it's a different thing like i don't know and he's talking about the needle tearing a hole and it it there's like drug addiction stuff in there um sounds to me more like i mean it's in the title sounds more like about someone hurting themselves than about someone uh, killing themselves and yeah and that kind of tinge of hope that comes through especially toward the very end um maybe more hints at deciding not to do that
1: maybe but there's also hints that maybe it was something that someone performed i feel like the end of it, if I could start again a million miles away, I would keep myself, I would find a way. I feel like those lyrics are telling you, like, they they made a decision and they regret it.
0: Mm-hmm. And then there's the final, like, three chords that are just, like, so dark, especially in comparison to the rest of the song.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
0: just, like, we'll hear it at the end, but it's just, like, the doom chord, and pure doom is all I feel when I hear that. And it just rings out. For the longest time And that's how the yeah. album ends I
1: feel like it's kind of ambiguous You can interpret yeah. it either way
0: Maybe it is meant to be
1: And that probably is the saving grace of the album To keep it from being yeah. like The most bleak album you've yeah, ever heard Yeah, because being
0: being too bleak And too <laughs> obvious about it Would make it less good
1: Yeah Yeah, I've always thought this song uh, Was beautiful in a strange way yeah. So Wow, I, d- I don't know where to start Because this is one of the the songs that I think has been played on almost every tour. it is something that audiences love. It is something that has been reinterpreted by a lot of different musical artists from tons of different genres. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're talking everyone from Matthew Good, who you like? Wait, did he do this? He's done a cover of it. I need to have never heard that. Maybe we'll do it for our bonus app. <laughs> I'm really. I mean, everyone from Matthew Good to Aaron Lewis to being reinterpreted with Peter Murphy, yeah, Leona Lewis, who is kind of a pop soul singer in the Adele vein. Hmm. Um, Don't
0: forget. I mean, there's the Bowie duet.
1: Yes, and also Mumford and Sons. Oh,
0: what? Oh, fuck them. No. Stomp Clampé No, they can't do that. Why should they... Did they cover the Johnny Cash version? Is I don't, don't know. I don't did? know. I've, I've never, never heard it,
1: Blake. I still have not listened to it because I was <sighs> saving it for our bonus episode. Yeah. Oh. Um. And then, of course, Johnny Cash, the original Man in Black. Mm, yes. Not our not our goth boy.
0: He wrote the song, right? And then <laughs> Reznor covered it.
1: Yeah, sure. Um. So, I mean, this has been a song that has been interpreted in a lot of ways. Johnny Cash himself called it the best anti-drug song that has ever ex- existed so i don't know if it res i think it resonates it has different meanings for so many different people well, it's in like i was ways. saying i mean it's kind of ambiguous you're talking about
0: using a needle and how you hurt yourself with it and that old familiar sting is like something an addict would say and when cash sang it it wasn't like fakey fake like he would it's Reznor was singing it about his own experiences clearly, and so was Johnny Cash. Like, he was also a drug addict mm-hmm. and had been through so much shit, and it rang—I think the reason his cover worked is because it just rang true for people.
1: I think his cover worked in a different reason, and we'll talk about that in a minute whenever we get to his cover, because it's it's something mm-hmm. I think we should talk about a little bit. We, mm-hmm. we can dive into more detail on the bonus up, yeah. but we definitely need to talk about it a little bit here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where to start I mean I I really don't know Should we just play it or Why don't you play it
0: Okay Hurt
4: I Hurt myself Today To see If I still The The only thing that's real, the needle tears a whole life, the old familiar sting. Try to kill.
0: Noise. It never stops. It runs through the whole song. Just pure noise. We'll get into what it is.
1: But you know, what we're not hearing.
0: What? what
1: Horror movie sounds or. That's
0: true. There's. Yeah, I think there's this no is, voices. This is the only song, maybe, without any of that. Clips of. VHS tapes and that's why this is one of the ones that's very different on the album we're hearing a bass live drums, guitars, a acoustic piano, there's no electronics here other than the tone generating noise in the background I this and the noise just gets, it, by this point it's just increasing.
4: Yeah.
3: Upon my
0: it's almost overtaking, and his his voice gets quieter. The noise gets louder. It's eating it up. It's just this decision again to make your song sound dirty and and shitty, as he said. how he whispers here. I am still right. Here. And then he continues doing the chorus in the in the whisper. What have I My sweet. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of freaked me out, too. I was like, where did that come from? That was so nasty and five times louder than the song itself. And we just end on... on a, a very unsettling chord. Kind of machine noise. After a song that's been so pretty and acoustic, <laughs> and it goes on for you know more than a full minute. Wow, the song is six minutes 15 seconds. And then that chord ends and it's the same kind of tone generator noise that the song starts on.
1: Which today when I was kind of doing my final research on Hurt, I just had the song on a loop Mm -hmm. where it was just on repeat on my Spotify. And so like it would just, that noise, it would stop Mm. and then just perfectly segue right into the beginning. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It ends as it begins. And what's, Another interesting thing, so that the noise end is, is the
1: beginning is the end, that, right?
0: In more than one way. That noise is most likely um in I think it's in the Steiner book and in and in some magazine interviews. Uh Trent said that someone who came in to, um to tune the studio at the Tate House, use so the tone. So, how do you
1: tune a studio? Maybe we people did, don't we, know what that is exactly. We did talked we talk about, about that it before? before.
0: We did a little bit. Okay, it's they're using a tone generating machine that emits uh, noise, like pink noise or mm-hmm. white noise, um, and you you use microphones that um, that pick up the way that it that it bounces off the rooms. Mm-hmm. So you find out where problem areas are and you, you know, you adjust your
1: equipment or et cetera. You adjust
0: yeah. your, you know, uh, sound diffusion and all that accordingly. Anyway, Trent was just interested in this tone generator, this noise generator, because it shoots noise out of it. So of course he sees it and he's like, Holy shit.
1: It's the biggest boner. My, f-
0: my new favorite instrument. And the guy's like, <laughs> um, it's not an instrument. It's actually just a tool for measurement. And he's like, Gimme, gimme that.
1: <laughs> gimme <Give> that.
0: <laughs> I need to make a meme now of uh yeah, the guy from uh I think you should leave. Yeah. And whenever when Trend Resner sees a tone generator. <laughs> like,
1: give me that. Give
0: me I w- wish I would have got that. Um
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm joking.
0: <laughs> we have I'm to we have joking. to keep it lighthearted here. Um okay. so the tone generator it kind of sounds like pink noise but very very distorted in this track and chopped up and we'll get we'll get to that. But the first time we hear it is on Mr. Self Destruct, it's a little more pure and just not fucked with as much. Just kind of the pure pink noise that comes up and up and up and eats them Interesting,
1: it's bookended. Yes,
0: so we hear it in the first track, we hear it in the last track. I thought that was interesting. I didn't really... That didn't click for me until until probably just today so any thoughts before i go into my my hurt clips in blake's clips corner
1: i guess the only thing i really want to talk about is like resner he knew that this song was kind of important as he wrote it he said i knew it meant a lot to me to write that because i was sort of excited and had goosebumps Hmm. when it was done i was really proud of it it's probably one that i'm most proud of on this record he said that to Raygun, I think in '94, one of his never-ending. I
0: love interviews. that there's a magazine called Raygun. That's a cool uh, name, but it definitely do- doesn't exist anymore. And
1: doesn't? I think it kind of ended. It was one of those like alt culture kind of magazines that kind of ended with like in like 2000, probably 2001 or so, when a lot hmm. of them kind of if they mm-hmm. weren't like Vogue or. Uh, Vanity Fair or a tabloid, you were kind of just starting the slow decline and you were cut out um, if you weren't absorbed by someone. So, yeah. Um, And he said that when working with the downward spiral, I left no room for optimism for a feeling of not being as finished as it seems. Sometimes you feel remorse and vulnerability and that's what hurt is about it's remorse and vulnerability okay so
0: yeah that definitely tracks
1: um we can talk a little bit about the music video but we can do that after your stims let's let's do sure let's go to i'm sorry not stims let's let's go to the clips clips corner corner.
0: (laughs) i noticed there were there was a big difference in the noise in the right and left channel so i called this this will be you'll hear the noise and then the intro notes from just the right side At the beginning here And I called it the clean noise Okay So more of the unprocessed Tone generator
4: I self
0: and a little more a little more clean and clear still guitar and vocal right focus
4: on pain the only thing that's real
0: so the left channel is what I called uh the dirty noise and in comparison it's really... Highly processed. Give me that dirty
1: noise. It's
0: all choppy. It's all choppy in the surround speakers. We just hear more noise during the verse. So a big overarching theme of this song noise and more noise. Little ghost of the chorus guitars, in addition to all the noise. And here's what's going on in the surround speakers. Is
1: that in the downward spiral, though? That guitar.
0: Um, it's a similar tone. It's like a it.
1: it Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: It's a similar guitar tone. I. It's like it may be. It, it's either a clean, a clean electric guitar. Or acoustic or a combination of the two
1: But it has kind of a hurt sound to it, right? Yeah,
0: they're, the, the, those two songs are similar in a lot of ways They're really, they're more organic Yeah And they have no, cleaner just, guitar parts
1: Yeah, I was just wondering if that guitar part was similar Ah, uh,
0: yeah Enough
1: in structure and 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 everything to the guitar part I, and, and the downward spiral I'll
0: first. try to, I'll put them back to back I'll have to make new clips and put them back to back Um, this is going on during the chorus. So there's this kind of slapback reverb. It's not a slapback. I don't know what you call that. Almost a reverse reverb. And just some isolated Vrenna drumming there. Which I really like. In the center channel, all we get is this distant reverberation of the piano.
1: Isn't it kind of beautiful, though? Yeah,
0: it is. It's just strange that they, that's all they put there. Like the, the song is so minimal that he just gets on the piano just to play like four or five notes.
1: Yeah. I think, did you watch, we watched the Song Exploder episode together. Yes. Um,
0: we'll, we'll re-watch it too.
1: Yeah. Didn't he say though that Hurt was kind of just written on piano? Yeah. But he didn't want it to be a piano album. Or sorry, he didn't want it to be a piano ballad. Right. So he kind of reworked it.
0: Yeah. And maybe yeah. saved it from being a little... A little cheesier But
1: I think live though It's kind of played As a piano Yeah it is yeah. It, it, At least now
0: Yeah And maybe even Early on they, they started playing What is Is played on the guitar On piano instead And it works really well On piano Because yeah. I'm sure That's how it was Originally written
1: It's beautiful So
0: So as I was saying The noise Increases uh, As the song goes on Here's the second verse The noise is getting wilder and then it leads into the chorus. Interesting stuff going on in the surround speakers. The second chorus through the end is a longer clip. Here's those end chords, again, and just in the main front speakers. Then uh, what I call the discordant noise. This is how the song kind of ends. It's just this looping. loops almost kind of like snow or blizzard okay so that that um, tritone I, I noticed and it's been noted by, by other people how similar that sounds to um, the kind of gong Noise in reptile that I said might have been taken from some kind of movie score, so I decided to do a comparison of them.
2: Okay.
0: Here's the hurt one, followed by I took the reptile noise and I pitched it. I pitched it down. <laughs> So yeah, that's the hurt. I'll, I'll do it again here. The hurt noise and the reptile, and I pit same thing. Then hurt again, and then I I had that fade into. This is the thing that loops at the end of hurt, and it, it seamlessly goes into it. So as far as I can tell, it's pretty much the same. Exact noise, just a different pitch. I wish I knew what he sampled to do that, but it's pretty clearly the same sound, so yeah. it's interesting it was reused, so yeah, that's all I had for hurt I mean there it's a it's a simple minimal song it's not a whole lot to it, but
1: yeah, and I think that this um minimal arrangement I mean Steiner talks about it that it kind of the fact that there is not as much n- constant
2: like sampling
1: and layers like it's it's you seem to hear like the the narrator of this story he says that they are freed from the voices that have plagued him throughout his journey Mm -hmm. it's like a clearing of the fog so um and that maybe steiner also said that maybe this is a reward for the listener this like kind Hmm. of beautiful song in its own way as yeah. a reward for getting through this fucking album. <laughs> like
0: this is our reward for making yeah. it through four of these episodes.
1: <laughs> but Three also, yeah, ep. yeah, wow. Um but yeah, it's like this is just kind of your your reward. Like there's there's that this, makes sense. there's a little bit of hope though to this song too, which we talked about earlier. So yeah. I mean, it's not blatant, <laughs> but there's something in this that is maybe addressing the listener saying like, you know, this regret that the narrator seems to feel about whatever happened, it's preventable, you know, like hmm. it's not necessarily really a solution.
0: <laughs> yeah. Even and it though... probably
1: wasn't a solution for the narrator either. Mm-hmm. Like they regret that decision. If it was,
0: it was presented as a solution in the title track, mm-hmm. uh, literally. And then, but in this track, it's
1: there's like this it's regret, regret. yeah. Mm-hmm. So maybe it made like people who were listening to this song kind of rethink um, if they were struggling with any kind of suicidal ideation, maybe rethink that a little bit. So
0: yeah, hopefully.
1: Yeah. Um, let's talk about. I'm just going to kind of shift gears, mm-hmm. switch them up a little bit. Let's talk about the video. Um, okay. I want to get in more detail on this. Uh, in the bonus episode, but there were a couple of versions of the video. Both were directed by Simon Maxwell. I found this uh, cool article about Simon Maxwell. Don't Google it. Don't get ahead of yourself on this, guys. <laughs> if you're a patron, let's. I'm, I'm going to talk about it. I'm we'll going to get there. It. Um, but this was filmed, it's a live footage video, and I, I, like I said, I do remember it being on MTV and being just like, this is so surreal. Like, it just did not seem like it fit on an MTV rotation. Oh,
0: yeah. I can imagine.
1: It still doesn't seem like it fits, right? Like,
0: yeah, it's this, just, it's this not... song
1: should not have been a, a hit. <laughs> like, I mean... I mean, I'm not saying it was a hit. It's not like closer levels or no. anything like that, but there was obviously something in the culture that this resonated with people and steiner talks about it in his book and he said like this maybe like one of the best things about this album is actually this track because maybe it made it okay to talk about mental health Hmm. like in a main like in a in a broader cultural way like yeah things like this were not Commonly discussed in the 90s, like it was the beginning of, right. of of the 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 discussion, and there there was a lot of stigma. There's still a lot of stigma. We know this, but in 1994, it was even more so, especially for men. Um, yeah. So, well, for anybody really, I mean, there's still,
0: but people weren't, I guess, a lot. Mainstream music definitely wasn't being so frank. And yeah. direct uh, And
1: And I think we addressed this before Like Like After Kurt Cobain's Suicide in 1994 Like I yeah. feel like This song would not have Resonated in the way it did
0: as, as we've Okay so what was Actually he He committed suicide Just Briefly after this album Came out hmm So it was all kind of Happening concurrently Yeah So I guess the conversation was, was coming up Whether people wanted it to Or not but it resonated. I may I guess it was it was the album we needed maybe.
1: <laughs> the album we didn't know we needed until yeah, we got it. Yeah, but we
0: did. Yeah. And um, it stuck with us and this song stuck with people.
1: Yeah, obviously. It did. Um and so the video was directed by Simon Maxwell. It's basically live footage from a couple of tour dates. I believe they were in Dallas and Omaha in February of 95 and There was like kind of a slight controversy with the music video because basically the video was a live performance Mm -hmm. that you saw on MTV. And it was – there was a screen in front of Reznor that was projected onto the screen where I think it started with like a fox's body decaying. Yeah, it's
0: the reverse decomposition.
1: Like a – yeah. And um, there are images of like bombs exploding – Wounded soldiers. I think they're may. I don't know if this was an MTV version. I can't remember. But maybe footage from concentration camps of Holocaust survivors. Not pleasant things no. <laughs> to see. Um, and there was a slight controversy. Um, R.J. Smith from the Village Voice accused Resner of knowingly exploiting real life events for artistic gain and conflating his pain with mass murder of millions. But I think, I don't think that's right.
0: <laughs> I, I, I didn't really know about this controversy at all. I, I mean, think it was
1: a manufactured controversy by this yeah, critic. I, I think so. I don't think that anyone who is watching it and listening to the song and understanding its meaning would feel like it was an exploitation no, by Trent. I, I think it's more of an example of what man's... I don't want to say man's inhumanity to man, but I mean that's kind of yeah, what these kind of images it, are depicting, right?
0: And, and not only that, but also it, it's mixed in with just nature's mm-hmm. indifference, nature's cruelty. It's not cruelty, but it's more like nature doesn't care.
1: It's just yeah, you said indifference. It's it's just that's what happens. So
0: we see the 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 dying, decomposing animals, and then we see like the the stork or whatever it is dive in and, and
1: Drop off a baby?
0: <laughs> no, you said a
1: stork, right? The, it's just dropping what, off the babies. The crane, maybe
0: it's a crane. It dives <laughs> into the water and it grabs a fish. So mm-hmm. we see hunting, and so it, you know, death in the wild.
1: And there are scenes of things like, like just snakes, you know? Yeah, yeah
0: snakes, reptiles. I've seen it several times now, and I don't, I don't remember things standing out in my mind like, oh, this is the exploitation of um, the Holocaust or something. Yeah. I didn't. I remember images of people and of war maybe, but nothing uh, overtly exploitative.
1: Well, there are uh, two different versions of the video, which we'll talk about in the bonus episode. So I don't want to get too far into it. Yeah,
0: it's confusing.
1: But I also... Yeah, it is kind of a confusing story about the music video. So I guess the last thing to talk about, and we do need to talk about just the Johnny Cash cover briefly, because I don't want to leave our... Main feed listeners, like I, yeah, yeah, no. I feel like we need to discuss it. Of course, this is definitely an well, important. Well, I mean, thing.
0: yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to overemphasize it. No. because the song stands on its own. Yeah. And and I remember when the Johnny Cash cover came out, and I was already a big fan of the song and of the band, and I was like, okay, this is interesting.
1: I loved it immediately, oh, and it broke oh, did my you? heart in a different way.
0: Okay. Yeah, it's a different type of version of it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, And we can get more into that and our discussion of it in the bonus episode. But um, just the kind of a brief, quick, and dirty version, Cash kind of had to be convinced by Rick Rubin. Like, Rubin suggested it and Mm -hmm. was like, I think you should cover this.
0: He was covering a bunch of things on his album, including Depeche Mode.
1: Well, these were the American recordings. He was doing – there were like, what, four different volumes of that? Yeah, one of them was all covers. Yeah.
0: Or – Maybe not all covers, but mostly.
1: And a lot of covers. Uh, but Ruben suggested Hurt. And Cash was like, mm, I don't think this is for me. And Ruben's <sighs> like, listen, just read the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Let it sit with you. And just let those words seek in. And somehow it resonated with Cash. Something about the song resonated with him. And at the time that like, this was being recorded... Reznor himself was in a different phase where he was not focusing on music. He was focusing on recovering from his addictions Mm. and learning to function as a person in the world, as a sober person in the world, you know, which is Yeah,
0: this was two thousand four, did we say that?
1: Two thousand two. Oh. Okay. Double check me real quick.
0: The album was released two thousand three. Okay recorded 2002. Okay. I don't I don't know why I said 4.
1: You know what? Time has no meaning, so that's <laughs> yeah, why you said all, 4. It doesn't matter. It's close matter. enough. So, um when Reznor first heard it, he said, "I listened to it and it was very strange. It was this other person inhabiting my most personal song." Mm-hmm. I'd known where I was when I wrote it. I know what I was thinking about. I know how I felt. Hearing it was like someone kissing your girlfriend. It felt invasive. (laughs) Hmm. But after he saw the music video, it just completely changed his perception of the song that he had written and of what it meant for Johnny Cash to sing it and what it meant for people maybe watching the video and hearing the song who maybe were not fans of his or who maybe were too young to have heard Hurt when it first came out. Mm-hmm. And we're hearing it for the first time from Johnny Cash's cover. And by the way, Johnny Cash videos were not something you saw no. on MTV or VH1. Definitely not. I remember maybe watching 120 Minutes and they might have played like, I think, Delilah's Gone or something from like American One. I don't remember mm. what what that was. It was like the first Rick Rubin produced. Um, but it was not something... That you saw on MTV or VH1, and guess what? You saw this video on MTV and VH1. Like yeah. it, it was played. Um, and it was also directed by Mark Romanek, who directed Closer.
0: Yeah, comes um, full circle. Yeah,
1: and also there were some beautiful things that people have said about Hurt in general, the Resner version, and also about the music video that romantic directed for Cash. I mean, yeah. there are some beautiful clips that I want to collect so that people can hear them. But um, after he saw the video, Reznor said, you know, I wrote some words and music in my bedroom, totally isolated and alone. And it winds up being reinterpreted by a music legend from a radically different genre. Mm -hmm. But it still retains sincerity and meaning. It's different, but every bit is pure. So...
0: And I think he... Uh did." Didn't he even say, like, it's kind of more his song now? I like, think
1: he eventually did, yeah. Like, he just like kind of
0: resigned. He changed his mind and resigned himself to it and was like, he's kind of made it his song now. Kind of. Which I think is uh, a fair thing to say, but also I let's not discount the original at all. Oh, <laughs> no,
1: no, no, no. I don't want to discount the original, but I can think of other songs, like Whitney Houston's cover of I Will Always Love You. yeah. I mean, You're- Dolly's version is beautiful, and it was written for a very specific reason at a point in her life, right? When she was leaving the Port- Porter Wagner show that she had been on forever, she wrote it for him, mm. and it was kind of like a goodbye for him, and then Whitney Houston covered that several years later, mm-hmm. and it became like her signature song for, yeah, you know, one of the best-selling singles of the 90s, and it's still... I mean, Whitney Houston could fucking sing, so... Yeah. It's an amazing cover, and you think of it as her song, not as Dolly's. But if we, but when you listen to Dolly's and you know the context of why that song was recorded and why she was singing it, then it it still resonates as a beautiful song for Dolly too. Like it's it's not discrediting right. her version. Yeah, and I feel the same way about Hurt.
0: Yeah, I don't think Johnny Cash's Hurt maybe rose to the level of mainstream success no. that <laughs> the I will always love you did in the Bodyguard soundtrack. But a sort of similar yeah. situation. I think
1: Johnny Cash was having that resurgence at the time, though, right? Like it was.
0: It was kind of his last big hurrah, and then he well, passed away. Yeah,
1: and Steiner has called it like a living obituary. Which, yeah, when I watch that video, it almost always makes me cry.
0: No, it's like it's, it's like a man who knows he's dying. Well, I yeah, guess he was very
1: frail. You yeah. know, he. It's juxtaposed between. Clips of him when he was young. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say vital. Like, I don't want to make it seem like people who are in there. Because no. he was, he was I think, 71 when the music video was recorded. Huh. He lived a hard fucking life, though. Well, no shit. I yeah. mean, yeah. But he was frail. Um, he was just, you know, there's scenes where he has, like, a cup of wine. And he's, like, pouring it. And his hand is just shaking. And it just fucking breaks your fucking heart. Ugh. When I watched that video, though, juxtaposed with like images of him when he was younger and just seemed so alive and um, vital and rebellious and and, Mm -hmm. and, and just, you know, it makes you think about mortality in a different way. And so the song has a different meaning because of the context and because of the video and because of who sang it. You know, it's not a young person singing the song. It's an older person. And it's completely different Totally different context yeah. In fact um, That video Was so intimate That Cash's management Didn't want it to be released Do you Whoa. think That without that video The song would have had The cultural impact
0: Not quite No I don't think so And usually Usually I don't think Songs Need A video To have the full impact mm-hmm. Usually I'm not like Oh yeah we You gotta have the video I'm more of an audio person Yeah but, and
1: also his wife in, is in there. June Carter is in it too.
0: Yeah. Was she alive at that time? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I couldn't could remember if she had already.
1: Actually, I, I need to look it up. Give me one second. <laughs> I was second. like, wait,
0: are they just showing pictures of her? From no, I mean, past? she was,
1: I thought she was alive when yeah, they filmed it I think still. Th-
0: I can't remember when she died. No, I should have, okay.
1: I should have predicted your questions. <laughs>
0: yeah, you got to predict all my crazy questions. So
1: she passed away May 15th, 2003.
0: So really soon and after I think that, he dropped. passed.
1: Soon after, um, that's crazy. It's crazy. when You type in Johnny Cash on my phone, it goes Johnny Cash hurt. <laughs> uh, September twelfth, two thousand three. So not much later, he passed away. She was yeah. May two thousand three. He was September.
0: Wow. And yeah, yeah the this song was March <laughs> of that year.
1: Yeah. So it was.
0: It was. This was the swan song of. Of Cash, yeah.
1: But you know what? When you watch those images of him performing, um, whether it was, you know, on stage at a concert or on his variety shows or whatever he's doing. And it's also juxtaposed with images of shots that were taken at the um, House of Cash Museum, which was in disrepair after a flood. Whoa. Whoa. So you have all this, like, memorabilia Uh, and things like that that have been, you know, damaged after a flood. Jeez. So it's, like, all these – it's just such a strange, surreal, haunting video. Yeah. Uh, But beautiful. So if you've never seen it, watch it. But you know what? Get a a hanky. You're going to cry a (laughs) little. I always cry. Always. Pretty sure. The first time I saw it, I was just, like, in awe Mm -hmm. um, of the power that, like – images and the way they're manipulated and put together can really have over you
0: it is very emotionally manipulative this video (laughs) yeah but so was the original song so so that was the end (laughs) of the album
1: does hurt give you hope
0: um i don't know it it ends on such a sour note not sour like i don't like it but musically sour or dark
1: I guess the only thing I haven't talked about, and I'm sorry, and I should have done this before, was the Million Miles Away lyric. Mm-hmm. Um, it's referenced again in um, All I Live in the World, On With Teeth. Yeah. And in One Million, mm-hmm. From the Slip.
0: So, something he keeps saying.
1: Yeah. So it's 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 one of the refrains, kind of like, um, like nothing, nothing can, can stop, stop me that. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's something it's that he of kind of yeah, refers to again
0: that's worth noting
1: sorry i forgot to mention earlier should have i brought it up at a weird point
0: no that's totally fine
1: but Um, again my question did hurt give you any kind of hope
0: oh maybe just like the slightest glimmer of it and maybe that's what he had in mind yeah (laughs) like he didn't want to be sappy and write this uplifting ballad he wanted to write a more yeah. melancholy song that maybe had just a glint of hope
1: but I think he also didn't want to end the album on the downward spiral title track because
0: that would be no that'd be the wrong the move. bleakest too bleak album
1: yep. yeah
0: too unpleasant so yeah Whew. better to end it with this banger <laughs> <laughs> if there ever was a a non-banger what's the opposite of a banger it's still a great song it's,
1: it's sleeper I don't know
0: not a, not a sleeper. I know.
1: Um, I know it's not a sleeper. Um,
0: I was going to ask about, it's been a while since we gave a rating in inches, but I, we probably saved that for the epilogue episode. Let's or? save it for
1: the epilogue episode, because yeah, I want to...
0: we'll give our final rating. Yeah. You'll have to tune in for the epilogue to get find out what we rate this.
1: What else are we going to talk about on the epilogue, or will we have any guests?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, we'll need someone to help us close out The Downward Spiral, Mm -hmm. and who better than the person who literally wrote the book on it?
1: Um, Adam Steiner.
0: Adam Steiner will be on the show, and we'll be doing Q&A with him, uh, picking his brain. Um, Oh, by the way, he wrote the book uh, called Into the Never, and it's about the Downward Spiral. So It's
1: been a vital source for me throughout this. yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jess and I have uh Jess has read it several times through okay, now. Just twice. Okay, well she's read the hell out of it. I am uh still making my way through it and uh you know, dog-earing the hell out of it. Lots of great stuff in there. I'm learning a lot.
1: He's not dog-earing it. He's putting in post-its okay. because I would never allow dog-earing okay. well, my books. Well, okay, so. it's not the
0: end of the world. Anyway, that came out just last year. That's a, that's a pretty recent thing. Check it out, Into the Never, Adam Steiner. He's going to be on. Um, hit us up online and and give us... We want to take listener questions for the mm-hmm. Q&A with Adam.
1: Yeah, try to have them in by Thursday so we can send Adam... That's Thursday,
0: December 9th.
1: Yeah, we'll be recording with Adam on That'll the 11th. But we want to make sure we get him some of the questions so yeah we can i want to prepare yeah, yeah, yeah. in advance yep yep um so definitely anyway. get those to us by that date
0: so the ninth and you could send it to nailedpod at gmail.com uh also nailed pod at instagram nailed pod on twitter or just nailed pod.com that's gives you our link tree for all of our stuff easy access there
1: and it includes a link to our Patreon, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you want to get our bonus content, we've had episodes on the Quake soundtrack. We've had episodes yeah. on any non-Halo-related content. Because, yeah. you know, Trent's busy. He's got his fingers and tons of pies. So Just
0: we go beyond the all Halos. And over the place. And we're, I, I started calling it Nailed Even Deeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's at least 12 bonus episodes now up there that you'll get access to, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash pod. And you'll get to join our, our Discord for the Ox Audio Podcast Network and other cool bennies.
1: So many little prezzies.
0: Starting at just $5 a month, folks. And you'll get access to merch, uh, the uh, different merch for different tiers on the Patreon. Check it out.
1: And we have different goals set, and we're still kind of working on this. Yeah, we so.
0: want to make make some cool goals.
1: Yeah, one of them might involve me getting permanent body ink yeah. on my body.
0: Let's get. I just said
1: permanent body ink on my body. Let me try this again.
0: Jesus. One
1: of the goals might be me getting a piece of permanent art on my body.
0: Body art, mm-hmm. otherwise known as a tattoo. <laughs> um, so we want to get as we want to get some patrons because we want Jess to get a tattoo. Uh, it's gonna say like nailed or some shit and have our logo i have to look at that
1: wait the tattoo yeah it's not gonna be a nail tattoo it's gonna be a nine inch nails it's gonna be tattoo
0: atticus's face
1: okay that's fine no (laughs) what
0: anyway enough plugging Mm -hmm. thanks for sticking with us through this epic uh 20 hour Ordeal that we Good called the God. Downward Spiral miniseries. Do you know what's hard to
1: talk about, even though we've talked about it so much? Hmm. Mental health. It's fucking yeah. hard to talk about. Well,
0: we'll never be ready as a species to talk about it uh, fully, you know?
1: No. It's so we'll fucking never, hard. We'll
0: never crack this nut. Okay. We'll we'll wrap it all up in the next episode on the main feed. The Mental epilogue. health
1: will be solved in our epilogue. We so. will solve You're it. You're welcome. Yeah.
0: The, we'll cure mental health. Mm-hmm So, tune in for that. All right. Thanks, Jess.
1: Thanks, Blake. For helping me out. For helping me out.
0: Um, Thank you all.
1: Thanks to our patrons. Thanks to our listeners.
0: Yes. Thanks, everybody, so much. Can't thank you enough for making our lives better by tuning in and uh, patronizing us. (laughs) Anyway, see you next time on Nailed. Didn't that make you feel better? Bye.